tardy to the party. You Bill line Daniel. We're recording here from inside the double deuce. It's a bar that's either the trendiest place ever or the diviest place ever, or it's there. There's yuppies here, but there's also maybe wasps, but there's also rednecks, but maybe bikers. I don't know what the clientele is here. Uh, it, Help me, Bill. You're my only. I hope. guess we're hanging out on the completely unused second and third stories of the double deuce that we never get to see. Uh, the double deuce is a strange place where uh, it's located in a town that only seems to have about four people living in it and three businesses in it, but draws crowds of hundreds and hundreds of people. Uh, and not the same crowds. Yeah, there's there's the early redneck crowd full of people who stab you in the face over a quarter. And then there's the shitty yuppies who come in from nowhere and... They're all controlled by the cooler, James Dalton. Dun, dun. It sounds like when I say that, there should be like a guitar riff or something like that. Um, it's almost like someone could put that in. Oh, you made a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I thought, I don't know what you, uh, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, start. if you had a soundboard, yes, you could do that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say put that into something else, not that you could... Uh, yeah, I didn't... <laughs> yeah, we're talking... Perfect. Hey, it's Roadhouse. God, we're talking about... This movie is goddamn crazy. Well, the funny thing, it's not <laughs> that crazy, but it is so... Uh, 80s? Of a thing of itself. And not 80s, because mm-hmm. there's so many... There's so I almost hate. I almost wanted to, uh, for a moment. I was called this a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's just fucking dumb as shit. <laughs> it's it's kind of like Patrick Stewart, not Patrick. Actually, Patrick. Oh, Stewart they're going to be Road doing House. that again, huh? Patrick Stewart's Roadhouse would be a whole other thing. You did that same thing in Dirty Dancing. Did I? <laughs> yep. Like Patrick Stewart could dance. I mean, he danced in the Star Trek movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's kind of like Patrick Swayze, where Patrick Swayze wasn't a dumb man. He chose just he just chose dumb projects. Mm. Um, and yeah, I didn't realize we we're having. But to be fair, how many smart pro- how many smart projects were there in the eighties? I mean, that's a good point too. It's not, I and mean, also like somebody like Patrick Swayze, he's not going to be offered like Shakespeare or something like that. Um, Why not? Keanu Reeves was. It's <laughs> actually a really good point. <laughs> this, this is just, this is gu- guiding our hand towards doing doing a, uh, a point break someday too. But God, I forgot he was. It's like the Midsummer Night's Dream or something like that. No, it was uh, much ado about nothing. Who's the, the villain? Did, I mean, the the overall of of Shakespeare's uh, has is broad enough that it can encompass all kinds of different performers and characters, of which you could probably find a role, a suitable natural role for Keanu Reeves and some of that stuff. But that's still well, not the, like the first the, thing you would the, 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 you wouldn't automatically match that material to that to that performer. But no, but, and the thing about that role in particular is the only reason the villain is in the story is because somebody told Shakespeare, "Hey, you need a villain in your story." Yeah, and it's like, okay, dude's got to do something. I guess yeah. I guess it'll be Keanu Reeves yeah, not, in the future. We're not sure. talking about Shakespeare. We're talking about fucking Roadhouse. Sam Elliott was never talk- in this- Shakespeare. <laughs> Um, this is as close to modern day Shakespeare as you're gonna this get. Is, I mean, it's got a philosophical bent to it. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a lot of pleated pants. What is your history with Roadhouse? Because you've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Well, my sisters were in a Patrick Swayze as any teenage girl in the '80s is gonna be. Yeah. Which yeah, we talked uh, about that with Dirty Dancing just like six months ago. 
Yeah, and of course my wife's super into Patrick Swayze, but she told me something absolutely shocking when we were watching this. Oh yeah. She told me she might like Sam Elliott in this a little bit more than Patrick Swayze. You know what? I was, and yeah. my head exploded. What? Man, I know people have met Sam Elliott, and mm-hmm. it sounds like everyone who's ever met Sam Elliott would agree. Not that anyone has a problem with Patrick Swayze. I have to keep on reminding myself to say Swayze, and that's Stuart. Um, <laughs> but Sam Elliott, he's not only a very sweet man, but I know some ladies who are like, mm, give me some of that Sam Elliott, like no matter what role mm-hmm. he's been in. Like, there are people out there who want to fuck Sam Elliott from Mask. Uh, of all mm-hmm. goddamn fucking things. But, yeah, I mean... I've never seen it, so I that reference. Is he a villain in Mask? <laughs> no, he's... I don't know. He actually, I guess, supposedly... Guy. Mask was a movie that came out not too long before this. Before Roadhouse. And that's another movie in which uh, Sam Elliott played a biker. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. he's not really a biker. He just happens to ride a, uh, a motorcycle in Roadhouse. But, yeah, uh, yeah Mask is the movie about... It's about this dude with this, like, deformed face, and Cher yeah. plays his mom and stuff like that. And he he, he just played, like, Cher's boyfriend, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. he's like a father figure. Says, <laughs> he's, all, he's all like, son, your face might look like a potato, but I love that potato face. Give me a big, wet <laughs> Sam Elliott kiss. I do love me that potato yeah. face. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to do a Sam Elliott because his... his manner of speaking is just kind of like general just like soft spoken Texas dude I am doing an impression of the impression of Sam Elliott from Super Ego oh is that a thing okay yeah um that's as close as I can get oh man in preparation for this oh I've seen Roadhouse so many fucking times in the last month it's ridiculous (laughs) I went from 0 to 60 of Roadhouse real quick Um, I noticed you were watching it like a couple days ago, which is rare for you to watch something before well, what happened? the day well, of. So, the reason why I chose Roadhouse, I mentioned this at the end of last week's podcast, was uh, I guess American Movie Classics, AMC on cable, um, they must have just picked up the rights to Roadhouse like at the turn of, at the start of the year. We're recording this, we're halfway through uh, January 2019. Uh, because <laughs> pretty much right starting on January 1st, uh, on some nights, they will show, like, Roadhouse two or three times in a row. It's, like, kind of mm-hmm. become AMC, at least this month, it's kind of became, become, like, the Christmas story uh, for, for AMC. And so I just happened to be flipping through the channels, and they were like, coming up next, Roadhouse. And I was like, well, I know lots of people like to make fun of Roadhouse, and, you know, I'm always up, uh, like, uh, up for, like, trying to find new uh, subject material for the Tardy of the Party. So I'll, I'll check this out. And I, I, I was like, wow, this is actually pretty entertaining. And I, I only meant to watch just a little bit of it to see what it was like. And I actually sat through the whole thing. And I enjoyed <laughs> it enough that I actually wound up watching it uh, one and a half times. Like, it just, you know, because, like I said, they're just showing it, like, two or three times in a row. So as soon as it was over, it just started right back up again. And I would have I would have sat through it twice, but I think I got distracted. Like, some somebody came over or something like that. I, they tore me away from the TV. But, yeah, it's... That's what happened to me on Iron Giant. It was when they were showing it on Cartoon Network constantly. Oh, and I caught really? The last, I caught the last, like, I don't know, ten minutes, like, right before he blows himself up. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, oh, fuck, I gotta see the rest of this movie. That's what And I sat, mm-hmm. and as I was watching it, I was watching it at a dorm in uh, Long Beach, California, and okay. as I was watching it, the, the uh, 
area I was in with the TV filled up with more and more people. Oh, that's crazy. There were a lot. There was plenty of weeping at the end. Not me, but other people. Because I knew what was happening. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to watch people's faces when he blows up. Oh, man, yeah, that's 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 a real teary moment. Um, man, I miss that. That's one of the things I, I kind of appreciate about having... Uh, I hadn't had cable for the longest time, but I got this PlayStation View fake streaming, you know, cable stuff. But I remember back in the day, I remember, like, there were so many movies that I grew up watching that I didn't, like, I never saw them for the first time front to back from beginning to end in one sitting. There's a million movies that I've grown up to love that I only saw piecemeal as a kid, and I had to slowly piece them together over repeated viewings as I just happened to catch them on TV. And... Yeah, this would have been one of them, because this is <laughs> Roadhouse. I think Roadhouse, even if you're just catching it in bits and pieces, would be entertaining enough. You'd be like, okay, why Why is a Bigfoot monster truck crushing all these cars? And like, <laughs> wait, is this the same movie where they just blew up a farmhouse? Like, how are those two things connected? Um, but then again, even when you watch the movie, you're like, why is this happening? Yeah. I don't know. Why are they suddenly, why, how come when the lady gets up, it looks like she's about to dance, and suddenly the TV edit cuts to suddenly she's she's not in the scene anymore. We seem to have skipped five minutes, because <laughs> I guess they can't show this on, on daytime TV. Um, mm-hmm. That's the other thing, because this movie, <laughs> for as being uh, as tough and everything as it is, it's not that tough. It's kind of PG-13 tough. And, which is funny because I wonder if it's actually even PG thirteen. Yeah, I can see this almost just being a PG. It's 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 a like a PG movie trying real hard to pretend it's rated R. Because even the violence, mm. I, well, I I guess the most violent thing that happens, well, I guess the throat does get ripped out in this movie. And well, yeah, and people then like there's the squibs. The squibs and the, the shot that was RoboCop quality. Where I was like, oh my god. Uh, but mm-hmm. oh my god, I had something I was gonna say about stuff, but I forget. But um yeah this roadhouse roadhouse this is You've seen it a dozen times since that first oh series. no so so what happened was i saw it the, the that time and a half and i was like okay this got to be a tardy party episode because this is ridiculous mm-hmm. and i just also looked up and i guess the 30th anniversary of roadhouse is just going to be in a month or two anyway so it's that's uh, pretty good timing which i think my next project might might also be an anniversary thing uh, we'll talk about mm. that i guess next week when you, when you do your next episode but so what happened was I, I the, as, as soon as I decided I was going to turn this into a Tardy of the Party project, I bought the Blu-ray, the Roadhouse Blu-ray, which is really good from the Shout Factory. Uh, it, it's two discs and comes with uh, commentary from the director. It comes with commentary from Kevin Smith and Scott Motor for no reason, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though they have nothing to do with Roadhouse. I guess they had spent a lot of time talking about Roadhouse on one of their uh, commentaries for the Clerks DVD. And I guess somebody mm. from Sony, whoever owns the rights to Roadhouse, were like, well, you guys seem to really like Roadhouse. Would you just like to do a commentary on our new Blu-ray? And so they said, John, fine, fuck it. And Riff Tracks, I didn't realize. Roadhouse is a big thing with Riff Tracks, I guess? Mm-hmm. I guess Riff Tracks, uh, their first project ever when it was just Mike Nelson and no one else there. It was just Mike Nelson recording uh, Riff Tracks tracks by himself out of his own basement. The first thing he ever did as Riff Tracks was Roadhouse. And I guess uh, for the 10th anniversary celebration <laughs> of the birth of Riff Tracks, uh, they re-recorded the... They, they, it's, it's not like they re-recorded the same jokes, but uh, because they had the larger crew, it was uh, Mike Nelson and Bill Corbett and Kevin Murphy. The, the, the normal, you know, the whole... Uh, uh, Riff yeah, Tracks crew. They just did a you know, brand new commentary with new jokes and stuff like that. So, 
I watched it. I watched the Blu-ray just by itself, just to watch the movie one more time, just straight, just on its own. That's when I took all my notes. Then I watched it with the director's commentary. <laughs> then I watched it with the, the Kevin Smith commentary. And then I watched <laughs> it with the uh, 15 years ago Rift Tracks commentary. And then I watched it with like the 10th anniversary Rift Tracks commentary. So you're. Oh my God! I've got. You're basically like a lane expert now. Ah, uh, yeah. I. <laughs> at the point, I did not even take any notes about the making of the film. Because, like, I just know them all. Because, you know, at a certain point, everyone's just telling the same stories. Which is hilarious, because the director commentary was super dry. Um, the guy seemed to have a pretty good sense of humor about the movie. Uh, but it's it was one of those commentaries where, like, he would go for, like, five minutes without saying anything. And be like, oh, yeah, uh, the, the doctor's truck is, uh, her Jeep is red because uh, I, I thought her color should be red. And I wanted this to be kind of like a comic book. And then he'd be quiet for another five minutes. <laughs> you know, where's the Kevin Smith or some one? Arnold Schwarzenegger level commentary? Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, Kevin, the one with Kevin Smith and Scott Mosher, they are just going. They seem to know more about Roadhouse than the guy who directed it. They're just going off, and that was actually really entertaining. I know Kevin Smith mm. is no longer cool in a lot of people's eyes, and he has made a fuck ton of garbage. But his mm-hmm. his his commentary skills are still pretty good, even if when he's not even talking about his own. And so, yeah, I've gone from two weeks ago not never having seen Roadhouse and that it, Roadhouse not being a thing anywhere near the center of my brain to now I am living in a holodeck <laughs> existence that is made of nothing but Roadhouse. Oh my god, I like I've already, I think in the last two weeks I've already grown my oh. hair out into a mullet and like feathered it <laughs> and I'm wearing a baggy 80s uh, uh, suit and oh my god. I know you don't know the answer to this, but how did you... Avoid seeing Roadhouse. I, I did not see it. You know what? I never saw it on cable. Like, like, like I said, I, I spent a lot of like as soon as I moved out of my parents' house in the mid '90s, uh, wherever I lived, I never had enough, enough money for cable. You know, I'd go back mm-hmm. to visit my parents and I'd catch up on cable there. That's where I taped like Iron Chef off of uh, the Food Network when it was first airing and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, I just never happened to be. Uh, watching TV at the same time, Roadhouse, I guess, ha- was becoming like this cable phenomenon. And so my only touchstone with Roadhouse was uh, <laughs> the Patrick Swayze Christmas from Mystery mm. Science Theater 3000. Uh, it, it, which is great, too, because that's also from one of the two episodes I would consider to be my all-time favorite uh, episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, the one that with the Patrick Stewart... Uh, Patrick Stewart, Patrick Swayze Christmas is Santa Claus Conquers the Martians and they just have a Mm -hmm. whole sketch where they're just making fun of Roadhouse and they have a whole Christmas carol where they're just just singing lines from the movie so that but that became my only that's all I knew about Roadhouse so I assumed Roadhouse was a movie about Patrick Patrick I want to say Patrick Stewart Patrick Swayze being the lone bouncer at some kind of truck stop bar so I had in my mm. mind that, like, it must be a tiny bar with, like, maybe ten people in it. And I was like, how do you make a whole movie out of that? But it always seems so kind of dingy and sleazy that, like, like I didn't care about Roadhouse other than it just being a punchline to this the Mystery Science Theater 3000 sketch. And that's all surprised mm. when I fired up the movie. And I was like, oh, my and God. And you saw that hot pink font. <laughs> the pink font. I was like, oh, my God. This really is 80s as shit. And then I was super <laughs> disappointed they kind of cheated in that Mystery Science Theater sketch by half the lines of dialogue they say even though the song is a Patrick uh, Patrick Stewart Christmas Patrick Swayze Christmas <laughs> half the lines mm-hmm. they attribute to Patrick Swayze in that movie are actually spoken by other people specifically you're my new Saturday night thing which is not spoken by Patrick Stewart uh, Pat- <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I just have to call him Dalton. Take a drink every oh my time. Oh god! And the, if you hadn't brought it up and <laughs> called attention to it, I don't mm-hmm. think I'd be repeating oh, it. Oh, I'm so sure. Often. Yeah. Well, that's, you uh-huh. know, hey, my name's Will Mudger. No, you when would. I you just wouldn't be no. Yeah. You just wouldn't be noticing. <laughs> that's actually a good point. I'd be driving all the listeners crazy by like, is he ever? <laughs> everyone would be like, is he ever gonna realize he's never actually said Patrick Swayze's name <laughs> for two hours? <laughs> he just kept calling him Patrick Stewart. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, Roadhouse. Then the, you well, get the Roadhouse title on a chick's ass. Oh my god! And that's 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 the other thing. That's the thing. I think this is the thing that everything else aside drew me into this movie is the fact that. It is a perfect time capsule of the 80s. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I started the movie, and I forgot to turn the volume down. Um, so much Aquanet in this movie. Oh, man. One of the Mr. Science Theater 3000 jokes. I hate to bring up things that, like, just repeat Mr. Uh, Riff Track jokes, but the movie starts in, like, oh, you can already smell the Drakkar noir shitty men's colognes just drenched in this film, and they're right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, from the hot pink color of the credits to the teased hair to the ugly animal print dresses to the baggy shoulder oh, shagger, uh, shoulder padded casual suits to the blues music from a Chili's commercial. Just even yeah. this movie, the way the movie starts is so perfectly... Oh my god, yeah. And that's the other thing, like, because I, I, I just thought uh, 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 Patrick Swayze was working in a tiny roadstop bar... I didn't realize that he ends up like working at essentially what's Bob's Country's uh, bunker from the Blues Brothers, and mm. it eventually gets turned into ch- <laughs> yeah a palatial Chuck E. Cheese for yuppies. But we'll get to that. But <laughs> yeah, so he's he's at a when the movie starts, he's working at a like a I don't know, like fucking like the bandstand. It's, it's, it's a it's a club that has a sign that is also a keyboard because of course it is at the eighties. Yeah, this a neon sign. Bar looks like it's. It's super for assholes. Everyone's in these. It's like a penthouse forum uh, magazine. Well, yeah, Come you to hear life. You hear a guy pay for something, and he says, "How about some gold plastic?" Yeah, which drives me nuts because the line should be plastic gold, because that's that mm. that's more of a thing. But like, son of a bitch. <laughs> God damn it! And also the the guy who a uh, guy rolls up in an airport limousine who'd be the bad guy in any other oh, 80s movie. The guy who looks like a sex pervert. Yeah, this guy, he's got <laughs> sure. he's got these heavy Donkey Kong eye, eye, eye like not eyebrows but the brow of his face. This dude, I've seen this guy in a thousand other things, but this dude he looks like he he looks like he gets off watching eight year old girls undress. <laughs> yeah, because he just has that look on his face where he's just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or like he likes to eat panties or something like that. Mm. Oh my god. Well, that's why I say he looks like somebody would be a bad guy in any of the other movies. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and he wants to hire Dalton, who's working at this place because he's the best of the best. <sighs> the best and I'll, the I best. have to take the movies movies word that places like this were the place to be back in the eighties. I mean, that's a huge part. Of it th- seems like hell on earth to me. I mean, I have nostalgia for this stuff because I was like fourteen when this movie came out, so I have a very distinct memory of a lot of this stuff back in the day, like the hair and the fashions and everything that's that's what that's part of the huge appeal for this movie for me is just the shittiness it's it perfectly captures the specifically the late 80s too because when people make fun Mm -hmm. of the 80s they always talk about like the mid 80s where it's all like everything's all new wave and hot pink and stuff like that but people forget about like the shitty armpit sweaty stinky part of like that is the late 80s where it's all just, mm-hmm. yeah, all the mullets and kind of white trash and stuff. And, yeah, this movie is perfect embodiment of that. But, anyway, go ahead. 
Yeah, some dude starts trouble. Swayze and his bouncers put a stop to it, and the guy says, I'm just trying to have a good time. So Swayze nods, and his bouncers let him go. And then this motherfucker takes out a knife and slices the Swayze. The funny thing is not his knife. The interaction that got him in trouble was he's with a date. He puts down a $100 bill on the table. His date pulls out a knife and stabs the $100 bill. He turns around and kicks her in the crotch. And that is like, <laughs> what the hell was going up for the date to end that way? And yeah, so that is, that's why the knife just happens to be there for him to attack. And he, it's funny, too, because he kind of lunges after Patrick Swayze. But instead of stabbing him, he just kind of like flicks at his shoulder a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, okay, Dalton, I always wanted to take you. I think I can. But they, Dalton says they'll take it outside. But once they're out there, he just turns around and goes back inside. He's just that much of a badass. It is a cute way to get someone out of the bar and then, like, just show how much of a badass you are. You can just leave him out there and the guy's like, oh, fuck you, man. Yeah. I think I think this is the club that Dragon Sound plays in. Dragon Sound? Yeah. Is that from... From Miami Connection. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this, is, this totally could be part of the Miami Connection universe. Yeah, this that's mm-hmm. this that kind of movie, yeah. Oh my god. And so uh the bad looking good guy goes in and talks to him. <laughs> bad looking the good guy. <laughs> I need to do it for the work at my double deuce. The double deuce Uh <laughs> it used to be a nice place, but now it's the kind of place where you sweep up eyeballs after closing. Yeah. And he says to get Wade Garrett, he's the best. And he says he's old, used to be the best. He's like, he still is. I mean, he's like a, he said, he, yeah, I want you. Mm-hmm. Which $5,000. Yeah, all, all the audio tracks but, I listen to, everyone picked this up as a, like a super homoerotic gay scene. Just because he's like, I want mm-hmm. you. But yeah. 5000 in advance, 500 a night, and he pays all his medical expenses. I have questions about how this man makes money, but we'll get to that. He has a phenomenal amount of money, especially in '89. I mean, that's that's his deal even now these days. But mm-hmm. like, holy shit, in '89 dollars—that's a—that is a lot, right? Yeah, it seems like a lot to me. I, uh, my, mm-hmm. I'm a freelance artist, so my expectations to what money is worth is totally fucked. Especially since I spent all my money on toys. Uh, <laughs> uh, what weird? Well, just think of how many hot toys you could buy with five thousand dollars. Actually, that's a lot of hot toys. People that's want, like, yeah. Mo- most people aren't willing to spend that amount of money on a single. There's hot upwards of two two hot toys you could buy with five thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars. One weird note uh, in the end credits uh, for the movie, I was like. There's a little credit to like special effects Boss Films, which Boss Films is the company that did, did the special effects for Ghostbusters. And I was like, what mm. the fuck special effects are in this movie? Because aside from, I mean, there's a couple explosions, but there's nothing that like seems like would be blue screened or anything in this movie. And so I did some uh, in the in the director's commentary. It's actually one of the few interesting things from the director's commentary. He points out this, this movie contains this scene right here contains the movie's only real special effect uh, because. The bar, the bandstand bar, with the place where they shot all this stuff at the beginning, didn't have a back room mm-hmm. like this. What they did was just shot some generic footage of the crowd uh, and just uh, projected it onto a screen in this little made-up fake sets that, they're sh- that the scene takes place in to make it look like they're still at that bar. Which I thought mm. was kind of an interesting little special effects thing. So uh, whenever you see the bar behind a uh, pervert Donkey Kong guy, that's just a special <laughs> effect, which I thought was actually kind of interesting. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Interesting. Perfect so, Donkey uh, Kong. He looks like the crappy, rare redesign of Donkey Kong. Yeah. Uh, 
If you say so. I guess, yeah. I just, so. I've been thinking about this scroll for two weeks now. I got opinions yeah. about Roadhouse. Dalton leaves the club and tosses the keys to his car to an old man with gravel in his throat. And he's like, what do I look like, Valley? Uh, <laughs> he's totally like, yeah, the fucking uh, uh, Fat Albert, one of the Fat Albert kids, is just totally the fucking washed out on crack. Uh, you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't recognize this guy. This is one of the uh, uh, barflies from the uh, from uh, Weird Science. Um, mm. But yeah, it's funny that I knew that the moment the guy opened his mouth, I was like, oh my god, I know that guy from another movie. But yeah. And uh, Dalton says, "Keep it. It's yours. That's how giving cars to people works." <laughs> Well, the no guy, titles or anything. I mean, he could. Uh, I mean, tells me this guy doesn't adhere to, does, isn't too worried about adhering to the law. But at least he could go, yeah. he could start operating like an illegal jitney service with it or something like that. I guess. But yeah. And then he gets in a different car, oh Mercedes Benz, yeah, and goes driving that with his sweet cassette playing <laughs> on the road again. I just love the white cassette. Just cracked me up for I don't know why. And mm. then you see that he's already driven to uh, Jasper, Missouri, which is supposedly right outside of Kansas City, Missouri. Mm. Um, it's okay. weird too because the way the movie portrays Jasper, Missouri, is like a, like a tiny one streetlight little town. But this brings up questions later as to how this tiny ass little town that we see in this establishing shot is super fucking tiny. It's like literally mm -hmm. one like one little street of stuff. How does it support such a huge clientele of dirtbags at the Double Deuce? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Yeah, anyway. one that we will never have an answer to. No, and it gets even crazier when it just gets filled with yuppies instead. I guess maybe all mm -hmm. the, the yuppies could be driving up from Kansas City. I guess, but Jesus. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, he gets to the Double Deuce, where I guess they fly in shit people from all the other towns in the area. <laughs> it's and, a uh, are... Every day is a dirtbag convention at the Double Deuce, is what mm -hmm. you're saying? Yeah. yeah, people are always throwing shit at the band, so they have chicken wire up. Yeah, it's Bob's Country Bunker from Bl the Blues Brothers. That's it's, mm -hmm. it's to the point I almost wondered if this was like a conscious parody of that scene, because it's this and huge it... place. There's. So much broken sugar glass in this scene. I bet everybody was constantly just tasting it in the air. Oh man, I mean, they had to probably get fumigators in the set every night to get rid of all the cockroaches after filming for a couple <laughs> months on this set. I would also, I would imagine. I wonder if they shot backwards because I know sometimes when you have a set that has to be uh, sparkly clean for one part of the movie and dirty for for another part, they'll shoot on the sparkly clean part and then shoot all the dirty stuff later because mm. it's you know it's easier to dirty down a set rather than. Uh, it, rather than try to clean it up for the clean parts, and yeah. uh, they, they didn't say anything about the making of stuff, but yeah, this is well, it was, it was the '80s. They just put down a ton of cocaine, and everybody <laughs> snorted it up and made it sparkly clean. Yeah, it was like Mary Poppins. Just they, within like in a, in a, like 90 minutes, it was perfectly clean again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> There's drugs that are being dealt there. Assaults, dudes dancing with no shirts on. There's a lot of chicks tank tops with exposed sweaty armpits. It's just chicks wearing their best prom dresses to this dive bar. These prom dresses with their titties hanging out and shit like that. It's one it's, of them walks up to the bar and orders a drink where a drunk says, hey, "What's a year?" And I get nipple to nipple. Oh, that and guy? She responds with, "I can do that without you." What? Well, but, I guess if her tits are big enough, I mean, she could just, like, point them at each no, other, I No, I, I mean, they've got to be 
her boobs are not big enough, and they don't look sad enough to be doing that. And and you know what the horrifying thing is? That guy, he's wearing a shirt that I used to wear in middle school. Like I I stopped oh, the film. He, he's wearing this. You white, gave it to him. I. You know what? I was. I. It was a shirt from the fourteen-year-old boys' husky quote-unquote collection in nineteen eighty-nine. Mm. So it could have been the same size I was wearing as a kid. Uh, but yeah, I was that like I was like, oh my god, I've actually like that. Not even a shirt like that, but I remember that specific white shirt with a like black zigzag pattern on it. I was like, oh my god, this like I feel like I'm in a fucking time warp watching this movie. Oh my god. Mm, so. A, a bouncer with a, a balding perm punches that guy. Oh, yeah. And tells Swayze, if you're not drinking, you're out of here. And then uh, Carrie Ann, the waitress who you think would have a bigger role in the movie, yells at Swayze's back that yeah. how he was born an asshole. That guy, would, don't worry about him. He was born an asshole, but he just got bigger. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's. It's interesting that she comes back and sings, though, which was not planned, I guess, for the movie. The director said... That they only found out halfway through filming that 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 lady who plays that that waitress can sing, and so they were like, "Well, uh, we should have you up and sing a song because we need more songs in this movie." So once you get up and so she just you know just they whipped up a song for you know the her hmm. and the the blind guy band, and I think that was kind of well, a cool get, and kind of thing just to do on a whim. But yeah, she disappears uh, yeah, from I, the movie I, halfway through. Well, I guess she did have a much bigger role in the movie. You you read about that, right? Yeah, no, yeah, everyone, the original cut of this movie. Yeah. Three, what, like three and a half hours three, long? I, three hours and 20 minutes long. Uh, supposedly fucking well, Keith David shows up later and like any sane person watching this movie would be like, why the fuck does Keith David show up this movie to say one line and that's it? I guess he had like 20 minutes of scenes. He was supposed to be one of the major bar people. Like he was supposed to even be a major character in the film, but they just had to cut out like all of his 20 minutes worth of scenes in the movie just to get it down to like... I think it's like was an hour and fifty minutes long in the end. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of like they cut out entire characters out of this movie that you only see like glimpses of, and I guess she's one of them. But yeah, because after the bar starts getting cleaned up, I mean you see she's still bartending and stuff, so it's not like they got rid of her. But like she only she stops having a speaking role about a third of the way in the movie, which is kind of a bummer because she's kind of nice. I mean she goes out of her way to like uh, <laughs> bring Dalton some a welcome wagon donut and coffee later, but uh, it is it is weird that I don't it does the directors or the longer cut exist anywhere you'd think so you pro you know what i would assume not because a roadhouse is enough of a beloved thing they could probably just milk it by just putting out the extended cut but yeah the, in none of the special features i saw did anyone mention like that 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 cut actually still existing anywhere which that's the thing because mm. roadhouse is is kind of a b-movie classic but i don't think it's popular enough to justify like sony whoever owns the rights to like go back and dig up or like re-edit together that three hour cut or whatever but it would be cool to see there wasn't even any deleted scenes on the blu-ray yeah. that you, so it's not like fans could even reassemble uh, anything from what uh, is already out there but uh yeah, it's, i feel super bad for buddy this 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 is the buddy man buddy because the, the, the band the band leader no uh, buddy, buddy the 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 the, the buddy Velestro, the cake boss I'm the cake. You can't arrest me. I'm the cake boss. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, that guy. No, the the post that fucking uh, Patrick Swayze is leaning against for like the whole first third of the movie 
It, it mm-hmm. had huge words right behind it. it says Buddy's Corner. And like watching this movie all these times, I've developed this like, who's Buddy? And it's so sad that like that was his corner. That's <laughs> Patrick Stewart. No, that, it's it's Buddy Velestro. He was cut from the movie. <laughs> this backstory. He, 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 well, once he got driven out of the fucking double deuce, he drove to Jersey and started a cake shop. But I was like, mm-hmm. who is Buddy? Because I feel bad for all these people. This town is so shitty that pretty much the entire population of this town just gets drunk and tries to kill each other every night at this bar. And they're just fucking... What's the name? Geriatric? Not, what's it called when poor people get picked out of the... Uh, shoved out of the community for rich people? Uh, ostracized. Uh, mm. just, what the fuck? But that's what happens. I think you're bar. reading too much into it's it. It's a political statement. It's all I'm saying. But anyway, mm. but oh, yeah, okay. R.I.P. Buddy. Yeah, sorry, buddy. So, uh, I, and but Swayze knows the band leader and the band. He's a, he's a blind guy. I, I guess the actor's really blind and is an actual musician. Yeah, have you heard about the history of this guy? No. I guess he's a known blues guy. And this is this is actually one of the more horrifying real world bits of trivia about this movie. Uh, this guy, Jeff Healy of the Jeff Healy Band, who this is you know that's the band playing. Uh, I guess he got eyeball cancer when he was one years old, and so they had to mm. scoop out his eyeballs. Good gravy. To keep the the cancer from spreading to anywhere to with him, and so the all every time you if you ever see him having eyes like in this movie or anything else, he's wearing two fake eyeballs. Which mm. I know people. I've, I've I'm friends with people who have like one fake eye, but I never thought about like someone being completely blind and when they get up in the morning having <laughs> like up. Oh, I gotta go put my eyeballs in, and that mm. also brings up the question: if you're completely blind and you have to replace your eyeballs every morning. Like, do you do you hope to have to, you you better hope you're married so you could like have someone who sees can, who can tell you if your eyeballs are in straight or not? Because otherwise, you're gonna be looking like fucking Daffy Duck when you walk out of the house if your eyeballs that, aren't in straight. Um, yeah, because Daffy Duck was well known for not having his eyeballs in. Who's straight. a character with with <laughs> doofy shitty eyes? You would let him look like that guy. Oh, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I guess Jeff Healy was a famous dude, and he did all the songs, and I, yeah, I guess he's best friends with Patrick Swayze, and he, I guess he mm-hmm. just happened to be working at the same bar that this guy wanted to get Patrick Swayze for. It's just a huge coincidence, which this whole yeah. movie's built on a leaning fucking card tower of, of coincidences just to keep the plot yeah. moving, but yeah. Some drunk asks another drunk if he's ever seen better titties than this lady who's way out of his league's got. Yeah. And that he can kiss them for 20 bucks, 10 bucks tit. And then he, that guy acts like he's never seen a, a lady before, let alone boobs. You think half the guys, they, they, these are all just a bunch of, bunch of, half of these guys are oversex perverts and the other half are just well, undersex perverts. Every single guy at this this start is as a monster man, monster mash man, and all the ladies are super eighties hot. I wouldn't say they're super hot, but they're eighties. Yeah, hot. no, I think the main chick, the one who ends up mm-hmm. dancing, like ends up turns it like the the one we talked about, like uh, the nipple nipple lady. I think she's super fun. I was like surprised at how fucking hot she is. Mm. Yeah, which I guess she's now. Uh, I guess even then they're hot. like half the people in this movie. The way they look so goony and stuff is because they're all stuntmen. It's one of those things where mm. instead of just like trying to mix like actors with stuntmen, they were just like, well, let's let's let's, the, let's let the fucking stuntmen act. So that's why there's so many goony look, looking motherfuckers in this movie and so many weird line delivery. Like I'm sure yeah. the guy who's doing the titty touching right now, I'm sure that's one of the stuntmen. So that's why he's all like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, you gotta 
you gonna just touch him or are you gonna kiss him? He's like, okay, I ain't got 20 bucks. And that's all that they need for a huge bar the fight whole, to break out. Everyone just starts trying to kill each other in the bar. Uh, it's, and this is, yeah. This is where I was wondering how the owner of this place, of the Double Deuce, has the money to hire Swayze if this is how every single night goes. Yeah. Every table is broken, every chair is broken, countless glasses are broken. Because you're having to refurnish the place every fucking night. Like, mm-hmm. you, you better hope you, like, you just know someone know, who knows how to make cheap furniture out of their, out of their fucking barns. Oh, Although, I guess the guy at the beginning did say he happened to just come into a bit of money, and so that's what he's going to use to rebuild a bar. But, like, well, even then, at that point, why is he going to rebuild this bar? Build a better bar in a, in a city where you're not beholden to some fucking creep. We can get yes, into yeah. that later. But so uh, the TV... <laughs> I, I saw this movie so many times that when uh, I, I managed to see the TV edit, the daytime TV edit, which, for some reason, cuts out all the air in this scene so pretty much what happens the guy comes over touches her t- lays his hands on her tw- t- tits doesn't have enough time to rub them but says i ain't got 20 bucks and suddenly the fight like everything just happens like 20 times faster which makes the mm. sudden eruption of the fight seem even more ridiculous because it's it's like it, <laughs> it, the reason for it happening occurs in literally like five seconds it's fucking hilarious mm. but yeah this this is where you get to see how bad this place can be on just an average uh, saturday night i guess yeah, Swayze leaves at the end of the night, and the next day he goes and buys a car yeah. and some extra tires, which he throws all four of them in the trunk, and then magically closes the trunk, even though it's obvious the tires are stacked way above where he would be able to close the trunk. Yeah. But hey, fucking movie magic, whatever, who cares? I do. It's Roadhouse. I, I prided myself on realizing what he was doing before, like he even really got out of the movie's way to explain what he's. He's just, you know, getting it. Oh, we passed my. Oh man, we passed my favorite bar patron. During the big brawl, mm-hmm. uh, there's the guy who's standing at the at, at the fucking waitress's station, just watching everyone else fight, and he's like, he's like the goofy gremlin from Gremlins 2, where he's just kind of laughing at everyone while there's they're fighting. He's just going, <laughs> and someone hits him in the face with a beer guy. bottle, and that guy, that guy, that guy's my favorite character in the whole movie. But anyway, oh, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, fucking improbable tire stacking skills is uh, Patrick yeah. Stewart's. Fuck. <laughs> I need to find another Patrick S just to break it up for me. Oh God! So he's obviously just buying a beater car, uh, so he because he knows his he, like you know, whatever car he drives to the double deuce is just gonna get jacked up every night, which I thought was actually a clever yeah. idea. Which uh, presumably that's that's why he had a, a fake car that he could give to a uh, uh, weird science guy uh, back in New York or wherever he came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes to a farm to rent a room from some old farmer. It's on the second story of a barn, but it looks nicer than most people's studio apartments. Seriously, yeah. Uh, they did get, I, I got confirmation in the director's commentary. Both the farmhouse and the barnyard were all just uh, uh, built from scratch. So it's like, how mm. would you happen to find a, like, a barn that like nice enough that you could furnish like this? Yeah. Yeah, and then... Uh, the helicopter flies by, spooks the horses. It's Brad Wesley. Ooh, he's dun, so 80s dun, evil. Dun. You know he's evil because he's, he's got, got a an, white Panama hat. And an ascot. <laughs> and I just love Patrick, Patrick Swayze just moves this town. And he just happens to rent a farmhouse located across the river from a McMansion owned by the movie's bad guy. And he ends mm-hmm. up... <laughs> 
And the, yeah, the fact that this motherfucker's so petty, he's just gonna buzz this fucking old McDonald's fucking horses. Like, this yeah. guy's got no job, dude, no D job. He just, like, I get, I get the impression that he, he didn't even, wasn't even going anywhere in the chopper. He just wanted to drive around in circles for a while and drive these farm animals crazy and then just come back home and play some Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, and it's so Dalton's going to rent the room for 100 bucks a month. And then, uh, so the, so the, the owner of the Double Deuce is going to remodel it. And to protect his investment, he hired the best damn cooler around. Yeah. It's Patrick Swayze as Dalton. And this is when the story became more interesting for me, because, like I said, thinking that this movie was just about uh, Patrick Swayze being the world's most famous bouncer, which that in itself sounded ridiculous, because how do you get world mm-hmm. famous? Although he's still <laughs> famous as a, enough as a cooler that everyone, when they hear his name, there's oh, Dalton. They don't have to know his first name, mm. it's just Dalton. The fact that, like, it's not that he's a bouncer, but that he's essentially a bar manager, and I guess he's renowned for being able to get bars back on their feet if they're falling apart, that makes more yeah. sense. I mean, not this movie really makes sense at all, but that's kind of more interesting, and this is, yeah, this is the scene once you learn Dalton's management philosophy. Yeah, he fires the previous balding Jerry Curl guy. Yeah. The bouncer. Terry and, Funk, which I guess is a known wrestler. I've heard the name oh, before. Oh, yeah, that, I knew he was familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no wonder he looks like a, a horrible monster man. And he talks like... I can't get... He, he doesn't have very specific... He doesn't sound like he has a larynx anywhere. It sounds like he's talking out of his asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, because he doesn't have the temperament for it, he fires him. And he says, you are, you're a dead man. You can always go to barber college. And the guy's like... <laughs> <laughs> he also fires a chick because she was selling drugs. Yeah. And he tells her, but it's his way or the highway. He's got three rules. Never <laughs> underestimate your opponent. Patrick. Expect the unexpected. How does Swayze say this shit with a straight face? That's, I wonder, <laughs> I'm, I'm bummed that he's dead now, but I always, I would love to interview him and be like, did you know, like, how a fucking cheesy-ass motherfucker you're being in all these movies? Or did you take it seriously, or what? Man, he was a consummate professional, just, uh, Think about how he's, how he's acting his ass off in this being such a serious, stupid role. Yeah, that's... A- and, but at the same time, he didn't even crack a smile when he and Chris Farley were doing the Chippendale That's thing, what I'm because saying! Because he's just that much of a professional. That's uh, that's what I'm assuming, and it's not because he took it too seriously. He just was a... Pro- literally, yeah, just a professional. It's not like he was like... Oh my god, yeah. It, 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 Patrick Swayze is secretly a pretty fascinating dude, especially knowing his history of, like, being a dancer and stuff like that. And I guess he's also a very tiny man, (laughs) Mm. which I get looking up stuff about Roadhouse. There's lots of jokes about how tiny his tiny dancer body, (laughs) which I don't know how tall he actually was, but he's very svelte. Yeah, he is a svelte dude. But yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. So, yeah, they fired a couple people. People getting angry. Mm hmm. It's three rules. Never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, you never start something inside the bar. Always take it outside. Uh, number three, be nice. If someone calls you a cocksucker, be nice. be nice. He wants you to be nice until it's time to, to not, not be nice. nice. <laughs> and then everyone's what, like, what? okay. What if somebody calls my mother a whore? Is she? 
Bum, bum, bum. Oh, Dalton, you zinged him. The guy's like tearing up match heads and he just throws it down so angry like, Oh, Dalton, you got me. And I like that there's a fat bouncer guy who I was expecting to get. I thought he was going to be the first motherfucker in this movie to get killed. And he's just like, mm. I don't know. I guess we'll go through with whatever you say, boss. And Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Dalton's first night, people that aren't working there aren't really following his rules. The, the bartender's pocketing money from the till. And he's the, not even trying door... to hide it. And Dalton's nah. sitting there. He's like, Dalton sits in front of his workstation and he doesn't even bother to try to pocket the money in the pocket that's far further away from Dalton's eye. He's just to like, be fair, oh, the guy the is. I mean, you use that voice for him, but I think that's about how smart he is. I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole point is that he's a dipshit. That's why he's yeah. working, because, like, he's not smart enough to do anything else. Uh, I don't know if mm -hmm. you care, but this guy is played by John Doe, who's, I think, was, like, a bassist guitarist for the punk band X, was Xing uh, Cervanka back in the day, who was married to the guy who played, uh, who was the main dude in Lord of the Rings movies. That's a whole other thing, but that's not really anything. But, yeah. Patrick Swayze was 5'10, FYI. Is that short? That's shorter than I am. I'm like five foot five, I think. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm five foot nine. I'm five. Oh, I thought you. Sorry. It's yeah, going up. We're both. No, we're both five nine. Oh, we are. Okay, yeah. I, I, I'm five nine. People talk about sizes, and I have no idea about. Like, I hang out with Dylan. She's like, I'm five two, and I'm tiny. I'm like, I don't know. Five. Anything over five feet seems normal. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a Bill Mudder I know. <laughs> Bill just making wild guesses and being completely not open about stuff. What are you like least, eight feet tall? At least I admit I have no scale for I have no no scale for money or for money or heights. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, um, there's dancing. They're letting underage girls in at the front door. Yeah. Oh yeah. The fat guy's like, this is just the Sears card. <laughs> yeah. And well, yeah. The other guy, uh, the the your mom is a whore guy. Is like, no, nah, he 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 waves the girls in. And, yeah. yeah. One of the bouncer tries to be nice instead of getting all aggro, and it gets him a punch in the nose and a switchblade pulled on him by budget Steve Gutenberg. It's this fucking dude with a Jufro and a white shirt. This is the least <laughs> threatening guy in the world. Mm -hmm. yeah. Dalton breaks his face on a table and sends that guy on his way. Yeah. Meanwhile, the hot chicky dude, who we later find out is the wife of What's-His-Face, is like sitting there watching, going, mm, she's practically making a puddle in her seat. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, he fires uh, another guy who's banging a chick in the side room. That that he was on his break. What a jerk! <laughs> this is the guy who, while he's fucking one of the underage girls that he waved through at the bar, uh, he says, "You're gonna be my new Saturday Night Alley thing." And I felt betrayed for the first time by <laughs> Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, I was like, mm. "How could you motherfuckers do this to me?" Oh, you missed one of the most important moments is when. Uh, fucking B. Dalton kicks the shit out of the the, the, the dude with the knife, and then mm -hmm. as soon as he does that, fucking blind guy in the band is like, "Ladies and gentlemen, Dalton." And mm, this guy yes. acts as kind of like the Greek choir of the movie because whatever an important well, character shows up, he's like, "Ladies and gentlemen, hot sexy chick." <laughs> it's like you, the doctor is gonna be the girlfriend. 
since you watched this 50 times, Bill, feel free to fill in some of the gaps I might have missed because I wasn't able to pause it as much as I usually am because I was watching with my wife. Oh, yeah, no, that's totally fine. So my, my notes aren't as detailed, so you I feel can... free to interject any point with any of the stupid garbage I'm sure you noticed. The... I'm sure there was a TV guide on some table <laughs> that you're like, oh, man, Alf, awesome. I loved Alf back in the day. Let me tell you about the second episode where Willie Tanner sucks a dick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, if the world got nuked tomorrow, I, I could, I, and like all TV, uh, TVs and DVDs got destroyed, I could uh, make money just putting on a one-man play of Roadhouse. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Go ahead! And he, he also fires the bartender because he's been watering down drinks so he can say he's selling less and pocketing yeah. the extra money or whatever. He figures he's costing the owner about 150 bucks yeah, a night. Patrick Swayze breaks down his scheme, and like I've actually like gone back and rewatched it a couple times to say exactly what exactly what he's accusing the bartender of, and it's so he's like, "You're taking two fives off the one five, two twenties. and there's like the bartender's like, "What? <laughs> Fuck you, man!" Then he's all like, "Well, no, he says he's costing him 150 dollars a night," and his response is, "So." <laughs> He's still just chewing gum throughout the whole thing. This I, it, it didn't occur to me until later in the movie that like I realized, oh, he's got he he he's just assuming he's plot protected for a reason here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and so he's fired as well. And all of these people getting fired say, are acting very surprised that breaking the rules and being a douchebag have consequences. Yeah. In an '80s action movie, what? Yeah. Action? I, Is I, this an action movie? <laughs> I, I do love the bartender or the bar owner guy, child molester Donkey Kong guy, when he has the, he has the muster up the courage to kind of like back up Dalton when he's firing the bartender. He's like, yeah, you're you're, you're fired, and then he has to like look at Dalton for like uh, for like 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 uh, uh, rejuvenation or for, for like for kind of like, yeah, you got my back, right? And like the guy gets upset and walks out and stuff. You know who the owner? I feel like he, if he never played it, he. It's his role was made for him yeah. is owning the evil team in a sports movie. <laughs> exactly, it's that's who he, he is. Have to act evil. He just shows up with a Donkey Kong brow. He just looks like he's gonna cause, just cause, constantly eating peanuts. Because he looks like he's gonna fucking eat the other kids if they <laughs> if they beat like it's like child molester baseball coach is his natural born job. <laughs> Of course. Uh, we also passed actually uh, my uh, my second favorite bar. Actually, the smartest human being in this entire movie. Uh, mm. Now that I've watched this movie enough times, and uh, that the smartest human being in the movie, because we're getting this passed essentially at the end of the first act of the film, is there's a bald Mr. Clean-looking motherfucker who's sitting at the bar right next to the uh, buddy's corner post when Patrick Swayze first walked into the bar like a couple days earlier. And he sees Patrick Swayze, sizes him up, kind of like gives him a nod, and walks out of the film as if to say, as, that seems to be the one character who understands what's about to go Sell down. Those fuckers here, I'm out. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's fucking Dalton, I'm gone. And then you never see him for the rest of the movie. Like, that is the smartest And you were looking. Yeah, he, yeah, that's, yeah. So, I, anyway, I love that guy, the bald guy. Anyway. Mm. Oh, the owner God. says, at the end of the night, the owner says, it's good night, nobody died. And Dalton says, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And outside, his tires are slashed. Um, and he he's got all extras like, in his truck. He's got this rifle chuckle, like, oh, 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 oh. But you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, you still gotta change four flats. That's a pain in the ass. And it's like two thirty in the morning at the earliest. Like, this is not a. <laughs> this is not. I mean, I. He knew that it was coming, but yeah, he's still got like three hours backbreaking work to do to get home. He's. 
His his windows busted, and they even broke off his antenna. Those monsters! How is he gonna listen to all the sweet AM and FM channels now? Yeah, he's only got that. Good thing one he's got tape. that cassette. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And at his place, he creeper peeps across the way at the bad guys' party, and you can tell it's wild because the titties are out. I don't understand what. I don't understand why this is happening. This is so. I guess this guy's throwing a party because this is presumably still that same night. This is like a four o'clock in the morning. It's, it's like a party from fucking Back to School or some other shitty 80s teen movie. Except mm -hmm. it's being thrown by an old boring man in a pink fucking kimono. And with his <laughs> with one bodyguard who's like this giant nine foot tall Frankenstein kind of dancing. And his hot wife in a white bikini. But like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like this rich guy invited all the hot teens over to his place to like have this five o'clock in the morning pool party. And I don't <laughs> I've watched this movie enough times now. I almost wonder if he just did this just despite Dalton across the river just to kind of keep him up. Knowing that, like, oh, guys, we're going to throw this party. It doesn't make any sense, but I want to throw this party as soon as I think this guy's going to get home from work at 3 o'clock in the morning just to piss yeah. him off. Yeah. So the next day, the waitress lady shows up to his place with breakfast. Yeah. And he gets out of bed, and he just shows <laughs> off all of this Patrick Swayze ass. And you can actually hear the sploosh of <laughs> her sploosh when she just sees it. Fucking, just a bucket of syrup just fl just <laughs> dumping out of her panties right in there. Oh my god! Of of all the rift tracks, all the rift, both rift track tracks, uh, tracks, track track tracks, and uh, mm -hmm. the Kevin Smith track. You know, they constantly make fun of how pa uh, Patrick Sweezy's finding any excuse not to wear a, sh uh, a shirt in this throughout this entire film. And they're like, yeah. oh my god, now he can't even bother to put on pants or underwear. Because he's just <laughs> randomly walking around with his dick hanging out with, like, the fuck is his ass? Yeah, no. And it, it, I love the reaction of the, the, the waitress, because she's like, oh. She's like the well, head I of mean, the da Dirty Dancing fan club who just showed up, and she's like, ooh. I mean, you're a connoisseur of asses, Bill. How, what do you think? It's a fine ass. Or, it's, it's, or does it have to be in pants for you to fully You know what, it. depending on the pants, because the pants... The cladding of the pants to the ass can add so much. Yeah, mm -hmm. it can be kind of disappointing as what a naked. <laughs> I don't like how I've got this reputation. Like, you're not the first person to say that, too, because I've talked about asses <laughs> enough that, like, this is a no thing between completely disconnected people. And we're like, oh, Bill's the ass connoisseur. We need to talk to Bill. <laughs> and gender, not even of any specific gender, but just asses in general. Like, that's fine. Yeah, you know, it's 7 to 7 7.0. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the Halo 3 of asses. Oh, yeah. yeah. She tells she tells him after he puts on some undies that he shouldn't have fired the bartender, and she laughs because she thinks she's looking at a dead man, and there's not that much. Is that the whole just... reason why she decided to show up? I brought you donut, yeah, to, but I also wanted to, to say you're fucking dead. Uh, there's mm. a moment where uh, he goes to drink the coffee, and I guess she's brought them both, uh, herself and 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 Dalton. Uh, coffee and donuts, and he, the way he kind of sneers at the donut that's on top of his coffee and kind of tosses it aside cracks me up, because I yeah. guess he's too cool to eat donuts. Well, he's just like, I do not need that extra sugar right now. I have got to do so many things topless. And also, well, I got to be, you know, well, you know what's healthy is the cigarette that he's smoking throughout the rest of the scene that's somehow healthy, healthier than a donut. I, I was reading... Welcome to the 80s. I was reading about the death of Patrick Swayze. He got... Uh, actually, both he and the bad guy who we're not going to see for a good long time yet in the movie. Uh, mm. They both died of pancreatic cancer. Uh, 
But fucking Patrick Swayze, I guess even after he was diagnosed, everyone was like, stop smoking. You're going to make smoking and cancer is never a good thing, even if it's just in your pancreas. And I guess he was still, he, like, he was photographed like three days before he died, still smoking, which I got to give him props. Like, he loves, mm, he loves my, he smokes enough. But, my grandpa died of lung cancer, and he smoked up until the day he died. Well, until the day oh, he until like coma, close but, enough, yeah. yeah, until he yep. yeah, wasn't able to smoke anymore. You don't quit that shit if you, if you don't want to. Yeah. Speaking of suicide, I've, I've known I've I've actually known a lot of dancers. Well, not so much anymore, but a lot of dancers back in the That's late a, '90s that were smokers. I mean, it, it makes sense because pr- pretty much everyone who grew up before the '90s just smoked. That was just the thing. Maybe not everybody, mm-hmm. but like that was such a common thing that it was never looked up, uh, upon as weird. But I, know, I feel like anybody, maybe even like. I don't know about your generation, but definitely anybody older than you, I feel like, exactly. was I more think, likely to smoke. I think I'm right I, at the... My co- generation got so many advertisements of smoking being bad for It you. shows you how quickly that turned, because you and I are only, what, seven years apart? And five. Five, yeah. And even within that, that five-year gap between them, you know, you, me, you, know, you and I could have just been brothers, but even the gap between us... Like that's Bill, we are brothers. We are, we are ass, <laughs> oh. ass appreciating brothers. Mm. <laughs> You're the left cheek, and I'm the right cheek, and this podcast is the butthole in the middle. No, oh. um, thank you. You weed out shit everywhere. <laughs> thank you, people, for receiving our our pukey butthole words in your ears every week. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, so there's dude driving down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh. So uh, he's singing the Clue song, just swerving <laughs> all the over clue, the road. It's that specific recording of it too. It's not just, yeah. yeah. Because I guess that's just what rich people do. They do things that could kill them that's, and expect other people to get out of the way. That's the funny thing because there's nothing. The helicopter thing, of course, is a rich person exclusive kind of thing. But this mm. isn't the thing of a rich person. This is just the thing of a fucking psychotic idiot person. Who's just driving yeah, what down a the, double-sided road, just weaving yeah, back Yeah, if, if the other person was messing with their console or or, or drunk, as I'm sure many of the people in this town are 24-7. Yeah, you don't do this they, in Missouri. He would have just run into them. Yeah, somewhere else, but like, you're in the fucking hayseeds shit of Missouri where, yeah, there could be someone who could be bl- blindingly drunk at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and would not even realize you're there when you get pasted by it. Yeah, and so this guy, and he's still wearing his little ascot, too, and his little Panama hat. I, I love how cartoonishly this movie's going out of its way to paint this guy as not even just an asshole, he, but just a fucking douche, too. Do you think they originally gave him a monocle and a twirly mustache that he could rub, but they were like, mm, yeah, they probably a little too much. They probably spent the but first couple days on. filming him with that, and they realized, oh, that's a little bit too much. We need to back off, and we're just going to have you singing shaboom, shaboom. We'll just, just <laughs> leave it back and forth down the highway. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. I bet this guy's got a live, laugh, love poster in his house somewhere. And it wouldn't even be his wife's, it'd be his. And he's just, he's hes like, he's like the world's shittiest joker. And that that's his, like, yeah, he loves mixing the mundane and the psychotic, but, like, not in the way, way he's you got expect. A, he's, he's got a decorative bucket filled with nothing but wine corks. That's this kind of guy. Well, that's even his McMansion that he lives in is so milk toast. It's not like he's extravagantly rich aside from the helicopter. He's just like retiree in Arizona rich. That's the mm-hmm. other thing that kind of like everything in this movie is so gutter low, low stakes. 
Because this tiny town with three people living in it where the biggest business outside of the Double Deuce is Red's Auto Parts, which is just happens to be located just right across, not even right across the street, but just happens to be located in the empty lot next to the Double Deuce so everyone can see it explode Sometimes. later. Uh, I just, this movie. <laughs> uh, so, anyhow, yeah. uh, we should probably start moving. Um, so, Dalton goes, meets the guy who runs the general store, Red. Yeah. Uh, he he's mentions for some reason he married an ugly woman, but then he married an uh, even uglier woman later. And, and Patrick Stewart's like, I don't know how that goes. I do like this performer. Uh, this performer, I guess. It was weird that Patrick Stewart showed up in this scene, but, you know, he <laughs> was there. damn it. Um, uh, this performer, whose actual real name is Red, I guess he was part, uh, he was uh, grew up as uh, one of uh, Elvis Presley's best friends and actually became part of his, like, bodyguard posse. And is known mm. enough that, like, whenever the, uh, people do dramatizations about Elvis Presley's life, he's one of the guys, like, they end up having to cast. So this is a guy, even when this movie was being made, had been played by other actors in multiple films and TV miniseries and stuff, which I thought was kind of interesting. Hmm. But yeah, so, so yeah, uh, he, uh, yeah, uh, Patrick Swayze's just coming and he wants to buy a new uh, antenna for his car. Yeah, a new antenna and a windshield. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then the bad guy comes in and he's just wearing his ass caught. Just to be like, Whoa. have you ever? You've probably met more people than me because I don't. You live in Portland. I don't get out. Yeah. Um, have you ever met somebody that legitimately wears an ascot? That seems like something somebody in Portland would do. Especially, uh, yeah, being man, actually being part of the artist community in Portland, you think it would be nothing but ascots or like hipster lumberjack shit the hipster lumberjack thing the, the lumberjack thing is a real thing not that you need to yeah. be part of the exclusive artist community to realize that ascots you know i've seen like when i was growing up uh going to like art taking art classes and stuff like that you would get like old wishy-washy baby boomers or even people mm. older than that who'd wear ascots both ladies and gentlemen and they would they in the most kind of pretentious adventure brothers brothers kind of way where like they didn't realize what a parody of themselves they were being but i've never run into a rich person who liked to listen to shaboom shaboom with an ascot though but mm, yeah okay. yeah hey I, so, mean, they, uh, they, I mean they are they do exist i'm sure ascot sales have fallen off dramatically as as depression era people have died but yeah, yeah I, I i if you're if you were to track ascot sales and sales of uh, copies of Gone with the Wind, they would pretty much overlap perfectly, uh, uh, declining <laughs> dramatically as people born in the 1920s or later have all died off. But, yeah. yeah. So, uh, he's uh, the that bad guy comes in, he's got his bodyguard, and him and the bodyguard and Dalton eye each other. This guy's bodyguard's like somebody Dalton out of like, Double Dragon. This, he's yeah. got like this little fucking like little lightning bolt earring, and he just spends with the whole time like skull fucking Patrick Swayze with his eyeballs. Yeah, sleeveless denim shirt, denim pants. Yeah, another mullet. A uh, uh, cross earring. Oh, is that a cross earring? Yeah, he's got like yeah. this, like the stupid like like dinosaur like clawed necklace, and mm -hmm. yeah, he's just denim from head to toe. It's yeah. Hey, I, if you if. You said douchebag. It's kind of what you would imagine. Yeah, this guy looks like he should be posing for the cover of a Double Dragon video game. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Later, the old man on the farm sees Dalton, and it's... Or sees Dalton hiding his fancy Mercedes, or whatever the fuck he's driving. We're a good refract joke there about how, oh, he's, uh, the farmer discovers his, his time machine, and that Patrick Swayze's a time-traveling DeLorean. 
or whatever. Mm. Uh, it was. So. It's funnier in the in the podcast commentary. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, maybe we shouldn't repeat the riff track jokes that they do better. I'm just trying to say, yeah, throw them a couple bucks and buy the riff tracks of Roadhouse. You won't, you won't, oh, won't absolutely. Kill you. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Hell yeah. But yeah, he's great. The farmer's just like watching Patrick uh, Swayze like in his glorious like topless self. Like doing tai chi doing practice, doing topless tai chi on the yard. And even Hells the yeah. farmers all like, mm. mm-hmm. Everybody's getting a little juicy here. Yeah. Oh man, Patrick Swayze is really greased up for this too. I never realized this before. Well, if I mean, I know you've done topless tai chi in your front yard before, before the city told you to stop. No, yeah, there was a couple. And, I, I was arrested and, twice. And did you, did you forget how sweaty you get when you do that? Yeah, especially. Well, I guess it is Missouri. It's all going to be swampy and stuff. He's right next to the river, too, so it would be kind of humid and nasty. Oh, <laughs> yeah, all those just caked in mosquitoes. That bad guy, he just happens to be driving his fucking ATV around across the river mm-hmm. and stops the ogling. Like, everyone's ogling. All, all, well, the fact that you've got two guys here watching Patrick oh, Swayze do I mean, this, this. Those two guys alone represent one quarter of the entire population of this town. But Can yeah. you blame them? I feel like, though, it would have made more sense if the lady that lives over in his place had been oogling him. Actually, that makes sense. The bad, instead of Brad being like, mmm. It would have been funny, too, if the bad guy had, like, been turned to uh, old McDonald farmer guy and been like, mmm, start making faces at him, too. Like, mm, I'm gonna fuck you. I'm gonna fuck you later. <laughs> or Wesley just honks on his ATV's horn a couple times and just gives a thumbs up. Like, <laughs> just, yeah, the, the horn just plays like cucaracha and he gives the thumbs up and <laughs> scoots away, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, so, this movie is goddamn uh, ridiculous. This yep. is it. I mean, so, it'd be a fucking, yeah, Tai Chi and a Missouri River is just, that's, that's Rochelle in a nutshell. Roadhouse double in a deuce. The fired bartender is that rich douchebag's nephew. Oh, who supplies, yeah. And who also supplies a bar with booze, I guess. And so, some tall, balding, strange dude is demanding that they give him that job back, which just... It's the guy who... He sounds like Buffalo Bill from from Silence of the Lambs. And, you, yeah, you it's... boy's job back, you hear me? Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, Mr. Dolan, he washes his booze from Brad Wesley. Was she a great big fat person? <laughs> well, that's what he says to the big fat person who's actually on their team in this scene, too, which is wildly inappropriate. Also, man... <laughs> This this fat guy who's working who's one of the heavies like muscling uh, the double deuces bar owner, uh, this dude does not do anything to. How did he get on Brad's team? How hey how did he get on Brad's team? You think if anything he would be the dipshit cousin that like the that fucking Wellesley has to keep on the payroll just to keep his uh, sister happy? But this guy is constantly sweating through every shirt he wears throughout the film. Which, again, they filmed this in Missouri, so things are going to get sweaty, but, like, man, this guy's totally, like, he's sweating like Dom DeLuise through everything he owns. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, these, yeah, uh-huh. so it's, yeah, a fat guy, uh, Buffalo Bill, and a shitty ex-bartender, uh, yeah, they're leaning on the bar, uh, the, 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 the owner of the Double Deuce. Yeah, yeah as, as Bar- Bar- so Dalton as he says in. he doesn't, he don't think so. He's not getting his job back. And being that everyone in this movie makes sense... The uh, the bartender guy pulls out a huge crocodile dungeon knife and argument. starts taunting, starts taunting Dalton. <laughs> Dalton's just like, oh, okay, we'll see about that. And the guy just pulls a knife on him, which just even legally, you're gonna go to jail now. Like even if you win this fight, you're not, you're probably not gonna even be allowed to work in this bar anymore because you're gonna be in jail. Like what are you yeah. doing, dude? Which after after taking a few swipes and Dalton gets him a punch in the nose and kicked out a window into the bar. Yeah. And I have a hard time believing that the nephew or the tall, looking balding dude or 
Captain Suspenders are able to lay even a hand on Dalton. Well, even if he didn't have martial arts skill, I don't believe that they could lay a hand on this motherfucker. It's funny because like it's let alone slashing with a knife. The fat guy, yeah, he's actually one. He probably does more damage to fucking Dalton than anyone else does in this movie. He gets the one real clean hit on Dalton where he actually uh, uh, not he slashes him in the side, doesn't stab him. Uh, but he is yeah. also responsible for the relationship that is going to bloom in the film in just a couple minutes. But then, yeah, uh, a bunch of the other uh, Double Deuce bartenders come in. Who the fat guy actually manages to take out a couple? Which, that's, that, no. As, as a fat guy, no. That's not going to happen. He's not going to professionally knock. The, yeah. yeah. If anything, you know and what it kills me? That you never actually have the the good fat guy and the, fat, uh, the bad fat guy ever fight in this movie, which is a real waste. Mm. It's a one, maybe it was one, one of the, the few maybe rare was, missteps in this film. Maybe it was in the three-hour version. Uh, it's entirely po- Actually, yeah. There's 20-minute sumo fight between fat rednecks in this Man, movie. this... I, I, I'm not saying this is a negative. This film feels really long. Can you imagine how long the 320 version feels? Man, it's funny. This this movie's like a cool winter breeze to me. Where it's like it's like it feels way too short. I could go. Mm. I I could sit through a three and it. Like, oh, my three wife hours. feels the same way. You should talk to Kelsey. Yeah, you we two could, would. You 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 could talk for hours about. Yeah, we could just like fucking <laughs> get all juiced up about Patrick Sweezy's ass together. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So. She did say, mm-hmm, when he stood up from that bed. <laughs> yeah, aw. <laughs> oh, my so, gosh. Um, so, yeah, fight, fight stuff. They, uh, fight yeah. fight spills out into the bar. Dalton take quickly takes everybody out, the tall guy and uh, the, the nephew, and and the workers take out the other dude, making sure to punch the fat guy right in the fupa <laughs> before they kick him out. Exactly, the fupa. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, that's the fat upper pussy area which is completely appropriate for a fat man because yeah because you penis probably just tucked into all that fat you might as well have a vagina there anyway just squeeze the balls together it's just a vulva anyway <laughs> so dalton yeah. goes and meets the doctor lady who is referred to why do you think she'd have a name or something on IMDb. no she's just referred to as doc they you know what because i was looking that up too and Later on in the movie, when the fucking blind guy comes up to him and says, "Hey, I heard you're dating Elizabeth Clay." I think he, her name is Elizabeth Clay. Yes. So it she is has Elizabeth. an established name, but it's funny that the movie and all the press materials just refer to her as Doc. That's one of the few making of things about this movie. The uh, the director kept on talking about how this movie. I couldn't find anything about the genesis of this movie. He, like, who came up with the idea? Or who wrote the script? But the director was talking about how cocaine. <laughs> This is the world's first movie that didn't actually have anyone writing it. It was just manifest itself through cocaine. Sentient cocaine. <laughs> that's the actual, the actual, that's the, the Writers Guild of America credit for this movie is screenplay by cocaine. Uh, no, the, the, the director did say that this movie, because they were trying to make a modern day Western, all the characters are named after either famous uh, people from the Old West or Mm. people who acted in Old Westerns. And so the whole point of her name being, well, she is a doctor, but she's Doc because, you know, it's Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday, yeah. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. Patrick Swayze is... Dalton. I thought you'd be... bigger. Opinions vary. When he's around, anything can happen. How's a guy like you end up a bouncer? Just lucky, I guess. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Don't! Don't be rude! 
Ask him to walk, but be nice. Help this gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. He may be hard to handle. I keep talking, you're going to go off thinking I'm a nice guy. I know you're not a nice guy. But he's easy to like. What's the matter, Dalton? Don't you like women? Worst I ever had was wonderful. He's not what you'd expect. I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> but there's one thing you can count on. He's the best friend a good time ever had. Aren't you guys tired? Doc, I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. My time. I'm not afraid of him. I guess you'll be having that fire sale now, all right? <laughs> you got your hands full, kid. I just think I'm looking at a dead man. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. For that line of work, I thought you'd be bigger. Gee, I've never heard that before. Roadhouse. She asked her what happens, and he says it happened from natural, natural causes. causes. This is the most... They and also, when she looks at it, they haven't cleaned it up worth a shit. No, he... I Like, when she staples it, it's still bloody I mean, fuck. I, considering that everything in this in this town seems to take place in the same empty lot, I'm sure, like, her, her hospital, which the establishing shot of the hospital just looks like a strip mall with like the words hospital written on crayon on the wall <laughs> like yeah. i'm sure it's just it's located in the same empty lot right across the way from red's general store so it's not like he's like well i'm just gonna walk it's literally gonna take me 30 seconds to walk over to the general hospital anyway and they can patch me up. so yeah let's not even put a bandage on this i'm just gonna walk over with my fucking my fucking new pussy lips on my uh, chest just bleeding out i guess yeah yeah also, uh, Dalton gets hurt so much he carries around his own medical records That's... with all the times he's been shot, stabbed, or pissed on. <laughs> Which I guess he brings to the bar with him so he doesn't have to stop on the way home to bring. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd love to think that he just—he's always like wearing a little fanny pack around with him wherever he goes that just happens to have his own medical records. Oh, could and you so... imagine if Dalton wore a fanny pack in this movie? <laughs> Oh, That's it. Mm. Uh, you know what? The only thing needs to go in and see just CGI a fanny pack. And no, he never interacts <laughs> with it, but it's just a fanny pack. <laughs> and not badly. Like, they do it like, you know, like, just, it's, 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 mm -hmm. it, they spent a hundred million dollars to put that fanny pack in just to sweeten the pot just that much more. Oh, that'd be well, so and good. And he only, like, from a storytelling perspective, he only has his medical records with him so she could flip through them and be totally amazed at how tough he is that he's, uh, taking all these wounds because he's like got yeah. like he's gotten steel bolts he's been shot twice he's got like 31 broken bones yeah it's this it's just a chance for the movie just to go oh my god he's got such a fascinating past yeah but he looks at her and says the only thing that hasn't been broken is my heart would you like to change that mm -hmm. <laughs> but my penis but was he... shot off two years ago in tennessee mm. she's she's gonna give him some local and, but he says, no, oh, no, no. Jesus. I don't this want is... none of that. And she's like, what, do you like pain? He, he wags says, his finger in his her face and goes, mm-mm-mm. Pain don't hurt. <laughs> mm, and then that all is... the ladies in the audience go, oh. That is 
that is the epicenter of Roadhouse right there. That is, if if you're not on board with this movie, if Pain Don't Hurt don't doesn't bring you over to the dark side, then this movie's not for you. Might as well just shut it uh, off. Do something I, else with your afternoon. Because when I saw this oh at Court and Bobby's God. Midnight Movies, there was so much hooting and hollering and just juices everywhere. That's. That's. I don't think they seeing this on the big screen was quite the experience. I could also imagine seeing it with a bunch of other people, and I don't think pa- I can't remember if Pain Don't Hurt as part of the Patrick Swayze Christmas joke, but like he said that, and he says it with such a straight face. Like that's that's the <laughs> moment I fell in love with the movie, where it's like because that is such a stupid, stupid. <laughs> it's inherently nonsensical, but like it also it weirdly kind of portrays because he's a pretty zen dude. You think if anything would be more about like accepting pain but learning to grow beyond it but no just pretending that pain doesn't exist that's not very philosophical well, I that's mean, just nuts yeah Patrick Swayze read the line wrong it was supposed to be pain really hurts but <laughs> he fucked up and, and the then she was, does the staples and he was like ah, 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 ah. But, originally but the line was no. don't pain it hurts it hurts <laughs> yeah. the pain stop he, ouch, he actually ouch, that the ouch, pain ouch. don't hurt <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, he was he was so he was so fucked up on pain from being stabbed in the side. Originally, it was it was don't hurt pain. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it took him three takes to get it right. I don't know. But yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, she. Had, I feel bad for this actress because in the making of stuff, she talks about how she actually spent like a month in a hospital, supposedly, trying to learn uh, all the technical stuff to do all this medical stuff she does to uh, Patrick Swayze, which in the fin- finished film just turns into. Um, just giving him stitches, but then she, like, did all this training to learn how to give people stitches, but on the day they started filming, they were like, oh, we're just gonna be the, the stapler thing, so you're just gonna essentially staple his side. And she's like, well, mm-hmm. okay, that's my whole month of medical training wasted, just because I'm just gonna staple him like a fucking, like a, like a fucking <laughs> trap, trapper keeper, uh, mm-hmm. book report from middle school. So, yeah. Nice. So, uh... Later, after they make a love oh, connection. She's got such big glasses, too. It's fucking hilarious how she's totally, like, part of the whole, like, she's, oh, I'm gonna be she's so beautiful very, when I take my huge Sally Jesse Raphael glasses off. Yeah, later. she's very much a, like, oh, let me just take down my hair and take off my glasses. And what's that? I'm shockingly hot Yeah, now. I'm gonna shake my Character. hair out and be like, mm, but yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. next scene. Yeah, we yeah. I, we are getting through this movie, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, We're at trucking. the Richie's place, a bunch of idiots go and see him, and his, his his nephew goes inside, and he's berates the guys, and and just for messing up the thing. Oh, this is also the first appearance half of him show up in a giant killed. Bigfoot monster truck. Yeah, which is just like what? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Who's going to say sorry?" And the 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 tall guy's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, boss." And he's like, "I don't believe you." And then he hits him a bunch. Oh yeah, it's the he's buffalo. An 80s villain. Yeah, the Buffalo Bill guy. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, gets. <laughs> I'm sorry, boss. I'm sorry. Can you? Can I help you move your couch? <laughs> and this, yeah, this, this goes on for a while. Cause the, the bad guy pretends to be like, oh, "Okay, I'm sorry, I hate you," and then he's like, "Oh, fuck you too," and punches him again. And it's just, it, there's not even like a clear philosophy between behind the bad guy's evilness. He's just randomly evil dick where he's like oh i'm just kidding i didn't mean to be bad oh no i'm a dick again i'm sorry oh i didn't mean to be a dick yeah. oh okay. actually i'm gonna be a dick one more time it's mm-hmm. just so this guy's such a petty piece of shit you don't never for a moment believe he's any kind of a criminal mastermind he's just a fucker no. yeah so at, at red's general store uh bodyguard and another hired goon leave as oh, Dalton yeah, double dragon up yeah in, in his karate gi shirt <laughs> Which 
I'm wondering uh, if it's one of those things where maybe Patrick uh, Swayze just spilled some beans on his actual shirt. And so he's just like, well, I do have my Tai Chi shirt that, like, it's not part of my costume, quote-unquote, but, like, it's the only shirt I have in my uh, in my dressing room, so I'll just wear this. Yeah, it's totally his Luke Skywalker uh, <laughs> Komodo shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dalton asks uh, Red how much Brad Wesley takes, and he tells him 10% for starters, but that every, he owns all the places in town or whatever, and they all Well, take, it turns out Double Dragon and, and Yuppie Guy had just, like, he, they had just wrecked the Red's place. Yeah, and so yeah, there's like coke and motor oil uh, true, over the floor. True. Yes. Oh, and uh, and and also Dalton also notices a picture of Doc hanging on the wall in Red's mm. place too. But yes. he doesn't say anything yeah. about it. But he notices it. Yeah. And now it's time for Sam Elliott. Oh shit! Does it cut straight to he's, him? He's being a bouncer at a wet t-shirt concert where the ladies are not wearing shirts. They are cheating. Good sir, excuse me. You must wear a t-shirt in a wet t-shirt contest or else you are cheating. I love the sign behind them that actually has the word uh, t-shirt store. (laughs) It's crossed out with the g-string written in. And Mm. yeah, there's a bunch of military dudes. They're watching these ladies with fucking super pert breasts dance around. One guy tries to jump up onto the, uh, the, the dancing table to molest some girl. And uh, fucking Sam Elliott has a dive in and pull him back down and says, uh, uh, we're gonna have to fight the communists back down here or something like that. Yeah. And, and there, he does share a nice you can't wink. fight communists up on the street. That's what it is. Yeah. Something like, I don't know if that's what it is. But that's he says something about, you gotta have to fight communists. For, I, I can't. Mm-hmm. I, the terrible mm-hmm. thing is my Sam Elliott can really turn into Buffalo Bill. Not that I can do a good Buffalo Bill, but I kind of But I am yeah. impressed at how thoroughly gray... Sam Elliott is in this movie because he's got like permanent so, three-day uh, stubble. He's got like this greasy mane of like graying hair. I think this is my preferred version of Sam Elliott. This look, I mean, I, I he's the man can grow a majestic, majestic mustache. Yeah. Let's, oh, I didn't think I about think that. But I prefer, yeah. I think I prefer this uh, raggedy, full facial hair version of Sam Elliott with the the floppy hair that he's always pushing out of his face this, over his mustachioed version. That's a good point, actually, because I, I forgot about how well-known he is for his handlebar mustaches. But it's also alarming, too, when you see any Sam Elliott show up in anything where he's clean-shaven, and it's like oh, alar- it's, his I face don't like is it. alarmingly I do naked. Not li- the only thing worse than that is Magnum P.I. showing up clean-shaven, and you're like, mm-mm, no, what, get out of here, no. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like... The sh- devil, the devil. But yeah, uh, fucking... Uh, Samuel Elliot, uh, God, I'm fucking Samuel Elliot. <laughs> Samuel Elliot. Uh, he makes up for lack of handlebar mustache. So the fact that this is five o'clock shadow is like grown up to like right beneath his eyeballs. That's <laughs> like, true. His his because every dude has a different amount of you know facial hair uh, of, of facial real estate. He ends up you know handing over to his beard whenever he lets it grow in. Sam Elliott made a deal with the devil where like his literally beneath his eyes down to his chin is nothing but stubble. It's actually fucking remarkable. It's like an escape science project. Yeah. Oh well, gosh. when he spits on the ground, body hair grows where his spittle lands. Oh yeah, I'm sure you could do a He's whole Chuck Norris thing about yeah. And yeah, but so yeah, so it turns out Sam uh, Elliott, I guess, is uh, Wade Garrison, whoever. Uh, when the Double Deuce uh, Donkey Kong child molester owner first showed up, uh, Patrick Stewart, Patrick Swayze, was all like, <laughs> Whoa, "Why caught what, it? You wanted to go after Wade Garrett? He's the best known bouncer in the industry." And he's like, "No, I want you." And so I guess it turns mm-hmm. out that Patrick Swayze was mentored by Sam Elliott, who happens to be that yes. character. And so mm-hmm. he. I, 
It's weird too because he only Patrick Swayze calls up Sam Elliott during this titty scene, just be like, "Hey, what's up? I'm doing laundry." And Sam Elliott's like, "Yeah, there's titties here," and that's it. That's the end of the conversation. It's not like Patrick Swayze ever says, "Hey, uh, there's a bad dude with a Bigfoot uh, car. I need some help." Well, no, he does say, "Have you ever heard of Brad Wesley?" That's what and it he's is. Like, no. But that's the so end they of the use that as catalyst for like you wouldn't have called me if there wasn't something. Oh, does he say that later? Oh, okay, yeah. I think he does. I, I recall I, I, that from a. Yeah. I didn't notice it this time, but I feel like I noticed that a previous. Which time would I justify why Sam Elliott shows up out of the blue, despite uh, Dalton never specifically asking for his help in that scene. But yeah, yeah. but that's it. They, so they now, a, yeah. Yeah, they have a phone call, and that's it. And that, but now the Double Deuce is a Trendy's 80 Club. Yeah, in, it's... In, like, three days. It's evolved. Like, if, if the Double Deuce was a Pokemon, I don't know stages of Pokemon names. But this would be, like... It's got the it's got its initial baby... Ch- it's it, Pichu. Does, mm-hmm. was, does Pikachu, Pikachu turns into something else, right? Because you have to do... Pikachu turns into Raichu. Yeah, Pikachu only... Well, in the original 150, there was only two evolutions. There's only Pikachu and Raichu. But then they, yeah, retroactively made Pichu. And I know, like, they, they made it so that, like, the, the, the Pikachu you get in Pokemon Yellow never can turn into Raichu because then he's no longer Pikachu. Yeah. Pikachu's the whole point. Uh, so... Uh, the bar has now entered its Pikachu stage. <laughs> it was uh, when we first saw the bar that Double Deucey was in its nasty ass grubby Pichu stage. It will eventually <laughs> full, fully form into its sexy yuppie Raichu stage in a couple scenes from now. But yeah, for now, it's the bar's cleaned up. Uh, they, they no longer have the chicken wire. Uh, they have uh, the neon sign behind the bar. But it's still kind of like half redneck clientele, half yuppie. But yeah. it's yeah, not. They they don't have like. Uh, a line out the door yet, and like it, every like the the staff are still wearing their normal street clothes. They're not like wearing the double deuce uniform or anything like that. But yeah, no, the the, yeah. the, the cool uh, waitress lady we talked about at the beginning. She's up there singing a song, and she's yeah. having a good time with the band. She, she, it's very cute. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, and the the lady hits on Dal. A lady hits on Dalton, but the bad guy's bodyguard pulls her out. Yeah, it's Haley. sexy lady, sexy yeah, uh, sexy Laurie Anderson. And uh, more bad guys roll up, and as they're leaving... I don't know if this is planned, because Brad Wellesley's girlfriend, wife, whatever, hits on Dalton. Dalton is all like, whatever. Uh, fucking Double Dragon hauls her away, in a way that... But as soon as... He's, he's hauling her out of the Double Deuce, and there's a bunch of bad guys in the Bigfoot, and uh, Double Dragon kind of motions them, like, okay, it's time to go take out the Double Deuce. And so these guys mm-hmm. come pouring out of the, uh, the 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 Bigfoot. Man, I would have paid this. Uh, the funniest fucking thing in the world would have been seeing the fat guy try to get out of the Bigfoot. <laughs> I wish I wish to God they had done that. That would have been. <laughs> they would. The guy would have. The actor would have died. But it would been worth catching on film, Faces of Death style, just to have that as just a little thing that happens in the middle of the movie. But yeah, so a bunch of guys start walking to the bar. Mm-hmm. They go inside, and Dalton notices that one of them has a blade on his tip of his boot. It's so it's so sharp it does like an anime like gleam on it. Fishing. Yeah. And uh, Dalton and his bouncer guys go up to them and tell them we're closed. And he's like, "Well, then what are all these people doing here? They're drinking and having a good time." And he's like, "Well, then that's why we're here." Hiya! And tries to kick Dalton. Well, he just breaks his ankle and says, You're too stupid to have a good time. <laughs> and, well, I love the guy. He tries to do this, like, axe kick at Dalton. 
completely whiffs it. And, like, mm -hmm. Dalton catches his leg and has enough time to say a cool line before anyone else manages to react. And the guy just looks so silly with his, like, his, his foot, like, so high in the air. Like, standing here listening to Dalton telling this cute line. Yeah, and all hell breaks. Actually, all hell doesn't really break deuce. They, they, they just doesn't break deuce. All hell, <laughs> uh, they actually do just kind of shove the bad guys out of the bar and the fight is actually out yep. in the parking lot. Yep, and the doctor rolls up to watch Dalton punch and slap people in the ears. She's and, wearing a picnic and his, dress. And, his, and he's wearing his best pleated pants. Oh, yeah. That, that, go, that are pulled up as high as possible. And they win, and she gets super damp. And uh, Dalton tells one of the other bouncers, You meet the biggest guy in the world, just smash his knee, and he drops like a stone. And he says that to the biggest guy in the world because he's saying this to the fat good guy. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. Which you think that's going to become a thing later? Oh, they kick people in the knees all they the time. They kick people what are you talking in the knees, but that's but it's not used in like the final fight or anything like that. Like th th that just means that you're going to see a lot more knee kicking in the film. But it's not like the way that it gets dropped here. You think it's going to be kind of like in the Karate Kid, where the Karate Kid's learning the crane kick, and that's what saves him in the end. Uh, mm. Because no, not even I don't think he. I think I think. Well, I guess he does kind of kick uh, Double Dragon in the knee later on, but that's, that's not like the secret to him winning or anything like that. But right. Anyway, so uh, fucking Dalton sees Doc, and he's like, hey, what's And up? He, he wades over to her in the, the ankle-deep water that she's created. <laughs> They're and... talking, and it just sounds like fucking falling water between her legs. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, they go and eat at a shitty diner in this oh, small town with a large redneck and preppy community. Yeah. And he keeps putting his hand to catch an old dude to keep him from falling over because it shows what a good guy he is. And then he pays his tab. What a good guy. Yeah, because for some reason when uh, uh, Dalton and Doc go to pay their bill, uh, the, 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 the chef guy is all like, oh, this motherfucker guy, he sleeps here all night. I'm going to start charging him rent. And yeah, Dalton throws down like a $20 bill or something like that. He says, oh, that's tonight's rent. I didn't notice this until a few viewings in. I think this guy, he's not like a homeless guy. I think this is the guy from... Uh, the car lot that, uh, fucking, uh, Dalton ends up picking his spare tires from. I think it's the mm. same actor. Which is, that's kind of nice little movie. But again, there's only 12 people live in this town, so it makes sense that, like, yeah. But, so, anyway. And when they get back to the club, he's got a stop sign through his car window. And she tells him he lives some kind of life. And he's like, too dirty for you. And she practically says, I like it dirty, you bitch. Mm. And, but she doesn't say that. She, she, I mean, she does say, hey, my name is Bobo Laura Dern. I want to suck my own <laughs> shit off your dick. And that's that's and then they kiss for the first time. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Bobo Laura Dern is the description I've I thought she's, she's a pretty lady. I'm not just saying, but it looks like it looks like she's like Laura Dern got in a transporter accident and became like 10% less Laura Dern, and that's how they produced this actress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, make you happy. that's all I care about this podcast. I don't care about the listeners. I'm trying to make you laugh. Oh God. Mission accomplished. I so, do like uh, I, Patrick Swayze ends the scene. He pulls the stop sign out of his car that people have rammed through his windshield, so, and he's just kind of standing there waving goodbye, holding the stop sign in this really kind of funny way. It kind of cracks me up. You know, if if 
Brad had just waited till Dalton finished his job and left town, he would have been fine. No, there's a couple. If Brad had not killed Wade later in the film, Wade and Dalton were ready to leave. They were getting together to go out, but he had to go fuck with 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 Wade, and so mm. Dalton loses his shit. Like, yeah, we'll get this there. is this this entire movie is an unforced error on the bad guy's part. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, two bad guy dorks show up at Dalton's place, who's just, uh, later the next day, Yeah, um, Dalton's like, just lounging on the hood of his car, He's, like, looking do. at the clouds, and he's like, oh, that one's shaped like, <laughs> like, like, you <laughs> the Jigglypuff, and that one's dressed that one, like Puff the Rad Dragon. That one's shaped like a broken kneecap. <laughs> I forgot, we're talking about Dalton here. Oh, that cloud <laughs> looks like a shattered That one tibia. looks like... <laughs> it looks like an exposed neck. Oh, that looks like entrails. So Dalton goes and talks to, to Brad, tells Dalton how awesome uh, he is, and uh, he's gotten rich off all the people in town. Oh, yeah, this he's is... He's gonna get real richer. Yeah, you get to see way. inside Brad's house. He lives, he, again, like I said, he just lives in the shitty Mick Mansion where it's just fucking boring. Like I said, it's more just a retirement retirement home than like anything extravagant like, and his girlfriend's doing aerobics with a bruised face because he beats her because of course he does because he's evil yeah and i i know this would have been less of a joke in 1989 but the bad guy starts bragging about all the businesses he's brought to town and how uh fucking uh, dalton shouldn't fuck with him but one of the things he'd lure, he he t- he talks about how he's lured jc penny into coming to the town <laughs> and it's just so laughably who gives a fuck when watching it now like I'm the man who brought JC Penny to this town. I brought mm-hmm. the photo hut. <laughs> I wow. It was me who brought the T- Sears Tire Center to town. That's what it's like this guy's trying to act like the Godfather when it's just like <laughs> we got our own zip code. Like that's supposed to blow Dalton's yes. mind or something like yes, that. Yes, that's right. We are going to have our own Claire's Jewelry Boutique. You know, they're saying we might actually get a fucking bookstore in this town in the next couple of years. You Holy know, it's just that kind of shit, thing. shit, we've got an orange Julius. Like, we're, we're raising funds right now to get a second stoplight at the end of town. Like, it's that <laughs> kind of, like, really, yeah, you're just blowing my mind here. Yeah, yeah, and the way this movie frames this dude, it feels, it, they frame it like he's always lived here. Yeah, and he does mention, he says something about how blah blah blah, I had, I had a, my grandpa was here, and I just, this guy, I, I think part was also too, like, the actor, I don't have a problem with the actor, but the actor also seems kind of like small potatoes enough that he doesn't really make an, like, the things he does makes an impact, but the dude's performance... Like, yeah. it feels like like if like if they had, like, the bad guy from Robocop playing this, like, if they had someone who, who could have made more of a meal out of this role, it would be, the the, the, the bad guy would seem Like the owner of the Double Deuce? Yeah, actually, you know what? That wouldn't have been the worst switch ever, actually. But somebody yeah. who, because this guy, again, he just seems so kind of petty, like a middle manager or someone's retired grandpa. That, like, it's hard to take him seriously. He just seems like such a petty piece of shit. Which, he's, he's just somebody you'd run into at a wine tasting. Which, I'm not even... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, I'm not even saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but that so feeds into this tone of this movie just being so low stakes and weird. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a small town. The guy's not supposed to be the godfather or anything like that. But, yeah, when when your bad guy's greatest accomplishment is maybe J.C. Penney's might be come to town, <laughs> that's like, okay... Yeah, that's the stakes mm-hmm. we're dealing with here. Yeah, yeah, and of course he's doing all this super evil 
evil talking while he's eating food because yeah. that's what you do when you're a villain. And just uh, to show how he, relaxed he, you are, like you don't even give a shit. You're gonna eat, keep on eating he, breakfast. He mentions to Dalton that he heard he killed a man in self-defense, but he knows it wasn't self-defense. They both know it wasn't. And then he asks how much it would take to hire him, and Don says there's no amount of money. And he leaves. Yeah. Oh, and the bad guy does mention, like, oh, the guy had a gun. What are you going to do? Oh, no, maybe that, that detail doesn't show up until Wade starts no, talking about No, I don't think it's... I don't... Yeah, okay, I think yeah. it's later. And now the double deuce is a uh, total wasp bar. Now, yeah, now it's a... It, within, like, Where, 72 hours, double deuce is, like, eating all of its Pokemon feed and has turned into the right chew of, of shitty, yeah, yuppie, but Chuck E. Cheese bars. At, the employees wear red polos because red polos signify class. I guess so, yeah. No, every, like, it is, like I said... And the, the place is even good enough to hire Keith David as a bartender. <laughs> And they just have him say one line, and that's he only says one thing to one person every night, and that's that's how much yeah. money they have. They can get. It's actually it's not Keith David playing a role. That's actually supposed to be just Keith David the actor serving drinks. Like mm-hmm. yeah, um, I do like. There's like a, this weird like metal Uncle Sam statue that they. It's, it's like the one thing to carry over from the old bar that they left by the front doors, and that's it. Everything else has been changed and rebuilt. Which again, if this dude had this much money to essentially just rebuild the entire building from scratch. Why build the same fucking bar in the same fucking town? Move yeah. to fucking Wyoming and like open the double, open the quadruple deuce somewhere or else. Or even the next town over where you can influence the sheriff Exactly, over there. on the other side of like Kansas City. Like why just, especially if you know, like all you're gonna do is have problems with this one petty motherfucker that you're gonna have to shotgun down yeah, it's just crazy, but at least he's got his dream. He's got the double deuce that he always wanted. Yeah, nobody will sell them booze. So Dalton gets on the phone. Oh, he's that's got right, because connections. Keith, yeah, they're running. Yeah, they're going dry at the bar. That's right. Then that scene ends, yeah. and then uh, he goes outside later and meet the doctor lady and the two bad guys in a giant monster truck. Notice and say, dig a hole. And you think Dalton would notice this giant monster truck sitting in the fucking parking lot? <laughs> That's part of the. I mean, that's kind of the charm of the movie, is that it works on such cartoon logic, that like somebody as savvy as 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 Dalton, you think would like realize that like okay, maybe I shouldn't like show the bad guys who cannot be even begin to hide because they wrote tool around in in the only monster truck within 300 miles, like they they, uh, they can obviously see that like these people who want to kill and hurt uh, my friends. They can see that I'm dating this woman. I'm gonna proudly like, like kiss her in front of these guys who're just looking to hurt me. It's like yeah. he he took so much effort to pick a beater car that had like little armor plating over the uh, over the headlights, but he didn't yet think he didn't, not to. He didn't pick a beater woman. <laughs> I, it's. it's there's a couple bad jokes I can make, but I'm not gonna go there. That's true. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. But... I gotta make pee pee, so you vamp about oh, Mr. No! Science Theater 3000 yeah, for 15 the seconds. We didn't even Heck leave yeah. off at a point where I could even vamp about anything, except you just leave Talk- off with a terrible beater joke woman. Beater woman <laughs> joke. Okay, well then here, uh, he turns on the radio to the Dirty Dancing channel. Oh, so you get to meet a vamp about the sex scene? <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> so, is. Is, oh, yes. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to vamp for a while because I have some questions okay. about how the logics of the sex scene works. So, yeah, so uh, fucking Dalton and Doc go back to his 
fucking barnyard sex dungeon. And, uh, and, you know, they kind of play, they're not instantly fucking, but she, you know, like, she opens up the windows and they see that, like, fucking, uh, the bad guys, she's just, uh, his Mac Mansion, Mick Mansion across the way, and then he's like, oh yeah, how do you know that guy? And she's like, oh, this guy, oh, I, I guess she's got some kind of past with the bad guy? Um, which is never really fleshed out upon her or anything like It's never really explained, but she also does mention that, uh, again, this town is so fucking tiny, that, uh, she is like the niece of Red? And so after her parents died, Red raised her, and she became a doctor, and then she got involved with the bad guy and all kinds of stuff, but that doesn't matter because then she and Dalton start smooching, uh, and they start fucking against the chimney fireplace, and I'm always confused in movie sex scenes like this where people have, oh man, I just, I don't know if anyone can hear me because it sounds like Baby and Daniel's wife came into the room, so they might just be hearing me talking about Patrick Swayze fucking a doctor. And I don't okay, know if well, they what just... Were your, what were your sex questions? My sex questions is they just start fucking, but she doesn't take her underwear off, so I guess she just pushes her panty aside. And, they, and he Or she wasn't wearing any. Oh, uh, you know what? Actually, we see later on, this is a universe where people don't like to wear underwear, because we get to see an alarming amount of fucking, uh, Sam Elliott pubic hair later. <laughs> it's true. Oh, you know what? Actually, all the women in this movie do wear panties, but they wear like the wear like the super high waist cut, like granny panties. Mm, um, but yeah. So style. anyway, Dalton and Doc just fuck so sweetly against the chimney. Um, oh, with that rock in her butt. <laughs> is this is is this the, is that Patrick Swayze's name for his penis? The Rock. Um, no, all the rocks on the wall. Oh yeah, I guess there's the thing about how. Uh, the lady who plays Doc, her husband is, like, best friends with Bill Murray. And I mm -hmm. guess the Murray brothers, Bill Murray and his brothers Bobo Murray and Charlie Murphy or whatever the fuck, <laughs> they're big enough oh. Roadhouse fans that whenever they're flipping through the channels on cable, they'll, especially Bill Murray himself, will actually call up her husband and joke about how, yeah, we're watching your wife get banged by Patrick Swayze right now, it's great. <laughs> Which I thought that was kind of cute, but... Oh my god, speaking of making babies... <laughs> That's what they were doing in this they, game. Man, they fucked so hard they made a baby in real life that is now on the podcast commentary. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. So a little bit later, the doctor wakes up. She's fucking naked. It's kind of mm -hmm. cute because she gets up and she put, like she tries to hide herself from the world because fucking Patrick Stewart's on the fucking roof. And it actually is Patrick Stewart. I didn't screw that up. It's actually Patrick <laughs> oh, okay. Stewart. It's now naked on the rooftop smoking outside her window. She's like, what the fuck? How did Patrick Stewart get here? Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. It's not uh, that I'm complaining. I mean, yeah, it's, naked uh, okay. Patrick Swayze smoking on the barn rooftop just cracks me up because he's just out there with this dick hanging out. Just very mm -hmm. soulfully smoking while thinking about stuff. And she puts on a blanket just go and sit you know next that, to him. Oh, they're probably sitting on roofing tiles, which That's, are all She's actually smart enough. She takes a blanket with her, and, and, and even though you can see her ass hanging out from behind, which is kind of funny, uh, but she has the good sense to sit on the blanket, but he's sitting there with his, like, balls, like, sitting on these rusty nails. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, whenever they show naked people sitting on weird stuff in movies, or, like, even when you see, like, the Portland naked bicycling, bicycling thing, I'm always like, man, how did... Yeah. Especially if you're gonna bike for 20 miles, oh, like I that rode past me one time when I was at a restaurant, and some dude ran by, rode by with like half his body with a, a road rash on it, and I was like, oh, 
I didn't even think about no. that part. Yeah, just even, oh, just even stopping your. I guess a lot of those guys wear socks and shoes and stuff too. But I was gonna say even stopping your bike if you're barefooted. Oh man, if if, if you're not yeah. going slow enough, just ugh. But anyway, so yeah. they just go out there and they, there's a lot of exposition about her past and he's all mm. stuff and uh, they, and they, they just, yeah. They start banging again is uh, because I guess Dalton wanted Brad oh, to watch right. from across the way. And like his lights are on, so they're like highlighted in the dark. And then you find out, yeah, fucking Brad Wesley's like, he's sitting out there just watching. He's just sitting in the dark, just like, just drinking and smoking a cigarette. And he puts a cigarette mm -hmm. dick in his mouth and he's just so angry because, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that means, a cigarette dick. I don't either. We're getting to that part so, of the uh, We've been talking for long enough now. I'm starting to lose all fucking sense of time and place. It's true. Oh, God. Uh, so, also, Patrick Swayze's head looks very large when he's naked. Yeah. Well, he, I think that's and, because... Of, I think that maybe that lends... That, that feeds into the reputation of him being a tiny man, because maybe his head's just mm. kind of slightly too big, so it makes everything... I think it's also the hairstyle. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, he does have that huge hair. So, uh, yeah, she tells him he could totally stay in town if he wanted. She wouldn't mind. And he's like, nah. Who, Patrick Stewart? Patrick Swiss. God, Dalton! <laughs> Dalton! <laughs> yeah, Dalton. Dalton. Uh, yeah, but after that scene ends... Dalton's like, like, you know, I'm gonna stay in town and open a bookstore, and my first name is Benny. It's gonna be called mm -hmm. The Daltons. Mm-hmm. At the bar, the blind guy says, uh... Let's Dalton know that Brad has a thing for the lady doctor. Oh, yeah. And it, after she left town, he went nuts, so be careful, but no time for that now. The booze truck is here to offload its booze. And it's also time for Sam Elliott to roll up on his motorcycle. There's a nice bit of filmmaking here when uh, Sam Elliott rolls up on his bike. Sorry, you've got a kid. I've got a cat that just jumped up in my arms. Uh, just as Sam Elliott's rolling up to the to to the uh, double deuce on his bike, you actually do get to see the truck carrying all the bad guys rolling up to the bar in, in the distance behind him in the same shot, which I thought mm. was kind of nice. But yeah, he she rolls up. The bad guys show up with the or no the the, the 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 they start fucking with the booze delivery guy. And I guess they aren't tired of getting their asses kicked yet. Just cause yeah, they, like Patrick Sweezy starts kicking the shit out of him, and it's only when. The fucking Frankenstein guy comes up from behind him, grabs him, and then fucking, uh, the fucking, uh, wrestler dude hits him, in the, uh, with a beer bottle from behind that he, they knock out Patrick Swayze and are able to not seduce him. <laughs> no, they seduce him. Seduce him with sweet knuckles. That's <laughs> true, too, yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah. But then Garrett shows up, and he just knocks all the bad guys up. They hurt, don't it? There's a great moment. He, he comes up and he asks him. He asks. He says, "Hey, you want a Hertz donut?" And they're like, "Yeah, I'd love a donut." And he punches him and says, "Hertz donut." I do like when he comes out and he sees that fucking Patrick Swayze is getting his ass kicked, and he's like, "Hey, what's up, Mio?" I like he doesn't instantly spring into action. He's just kind of sitting there watching this happening for a minute before everyone's mm -hmm. like, "Get out of here, granddad!" And then yeah, the, the fight breaks out and. Yeah, everyone, like, the fat guy gets, <laughs> like, fucking Sammy Elliott throws the fat guy off the dock, which cracks me up, because that guy was got fucked up when he landed on the dirt <laughs> four feet below, and, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, he, the knees are broken, dudes get punched in the dick. Oh, yeah, there's some serious dick punching and... in this scene. Oh, and, and then we like, get another oh. MC moment from the blind guy when uh, Dalton and Wade Garrett hug, and then fucking blind guy's like, ladies and gentlemen... Wade Garrett. <laughs> we get, yeah. cause like he's got to do the character introductions every time. 
And then Wade Garrett's <laughs> like, yeah, beef. That's what's for dinner. Yeah, well, he, he so. did the commercials. He was the voice of the ne Beef Council, which that is pretty much the source of all of Mike Nelson's riff track jokes about Sam Elliott in the first riff tracks commentary is just beef. It's what's for dinner jokes, which <laughs> nice. goes to show how old that commentary is, because that's that's because who's thought about that in like 15 years? I think about it every beef. day. Mm -hmm. So uh, they go to meet the doctor because Dalton's like I can't wait for you to meet this girl oh and this is the thing where you see like the hospital's just like the back of a movie theater dressed up to look like a hospital <laughs> yeah yeah so uh there's a nice bit where like then, uh Sam Elliott's framed by the hole in the windshield I guess uh Dalton's mm. not bothered to try to get that fixed well, they said it was going to take a while to get in a new windshield. Yeah, but it just, I thought that was a nice little bit of framing, and this is, yeah, this Sam Elliott is introduced to Doc, and he's all like, I fucking knew it. I, kn I knew it. Yeah, you love the pussy too much. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm going to uh, make him sound like Tom Waits. Yeah. Actually, Tom Waits um, as this character would have been kind of interesting, too. Anyway, Sam Elliott so, and Tom Waits need to be in a movie together, Jesus they leave so uh, he can dance with the doctor at some other bar, and he's trying to steal her away, maybe, which he could probably do. He's Sam. Oh yeah, him. yeah. Before they go, this is the, the, when they're at the first dingy bar. Uh, he, yeah, he. They're talking about his uh, Sam Elliott's sexual history, and he—that's why he pulls down his pants and almost whips his dick out to show like some scar he oh, got yeah. from a woman back in the day. Yeah, yeah. which uh, yeah, I was like, I did, yeah. And he's like, look at that, not shaved at all, purely on couch. Here's my pubes. I'm kind of surprised it's not just pubic hair all the way up his from his balls up to right below his eyes, because <laughs> everything else about him just seems like a shag carpet. And there's a yeah. cute scene where yeah, and I guess they've been hanging out all night. So the next morning, everyone else is eating breakfast in this diner, but like. Yeah, he and uh, and uh, Doc are just uh, singing to all my uh, exes live in Texas. There's a great minute with Sam Elliott. It's like he starts singing with the song, and it's like yeehaw, and it's just very cute. It's very charming. Yeah, yeah. and he is yeah, he is joking with Dalton about how I'm gonna steal your girlfriend. Yeah, she leaves to go take a shit or something because they've been up all night. And then Sam yeah. Elliott gets fucking crass. It kind of broke my heart because he seems so gentlemanly, and he's like, "I want to fucking stick my nose in that butthole." And she's walking <laughs> away, and I was like, "God damn, Sam Elliott, like, calm down." Uh, I don't think he quite says that. He says, "I can't believe she's that smart with an ass like that," or something there. Yeah. similar. He's like, "If I if I were Pinocchio, I would lie just so I could fuck her from across the room with my nose." <laughs> So, uh, uh, <laughs> she comes back. She's like, "I heard that, you know. What the fuck is wrong with you guys?" He just winks, and she's like, "You're right." Yeah, I do but it. He tells he tells Dalton he's living in the past. Yeah, you're a long way from Memphis, and Dalton's man upset. He said Memphis got nothing to do with it. I guess Dalton was banging some lady who never told him she was married, and she had a husband who put a gun in Dalton's That's face. That's okay, yeah. And he says, you, when a man puts a gun in your face, you do, you either die or you kill that motherfucker. Yeah, it's Sam so Elliott, like, he brings the, the gravitas to this scene. He's mm -hmm. like, you gotta stop worrying about that shit and cut the fuck loose. Mm -hmm. yeah. She shows back up and but has to leave because her shift starts in a couple hours. She's, man, what an irresponsible doctor! Like she's gonna show up for a shift, <laughs> but like I only got two hours of sleep last night because I was out drinking until twelve noon this morning. And they're like, yeah. "Did you get off your shift at twelve midnight last night?" She's like, "Yeah." 
Yeah. Yeah, but it's Patrick Swayze, and they're like, ah. Oh. No, we get it. It's Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. and Sam Elliott, and she's like, yeah. 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 I, 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 sorry, everybody. I had a double date with Patrick Swayze and Sam Elliott. Yeah, I, I had to drive down. I have to drive twenty tons of dicks and balls <laughs> in my like, Jeep last. Oh, that explains why you water skied in. <laughs> She had to roll her fucking labia back up like a fucking shutter window rolling back up, but just like, yeah, just, God. So, uh, she has to wear galoshes uh, to work the next morning. Scene ends. Anyway, so back at the couple <laughs> poor lady. We love Everybody's having Lynch. a good time. Yeah. And I'm impressed that the blind guy has managed to keep this one solitary gig played at this one place this entire time, despite everything else they're changing. Because it had to have been weeks by now, because like I said, they've torn down and rebuilt the entire building. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Oh no! Red's place is on fire! Also, it's like 50 yards away from the Double Deuce, apparently! Yeah, isn't it convenient huh. that it just happens to have been built in this empty lot, so like, if, any, if it ever exploded, it would not hurt anything else. Oh no, it exploded! Yeah. It's because it was filled with all the hairspray from the club needs each night. <laughs> yeah, Red had the only line on hairspray for the whole town, and, and he thought he could, like, he was just gonna step away. He had to go home and make dinner. And so he was like, oh, yeah, the, 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 this 40 tons of hairspray, they could wait until after dinner, but nope. A lightning st- <laughs> a, a lightning bug sat on the hairspray and exploded it all. It just detonated yeah. everything. And then Brad, the bad guy, is in the club, in the double deuce, and he's gloating. And why would they let him and his collection of dildo men in there? Especially if it's just... It's just... Why would you let him in? Oh, he says a bad word, too, about Red. (gasps) I mean, I guess he has not done anything... Does he call him a wiener? I guess, well, especially since it seems like the fire trucks are still putting out the fire. Oh, because the guy's, like, yelling about how we need to get some free drinks from the firefighters when they're done uh, putting out Red's place. So I guess this this is the first actively evil thing he's done in the movie, and it's still so fresh it's not like... Yeah, I mean I guess legally they don't have a reason to keep him out or anything like that, but... um, You have the right to refuse service to anybody you want. Yeah. And... It's... it's, Yeah. I mean... And then he tells the band to... He tells the band to play something with balls, and then his his girlfriend, wife, whatever the fuck, goes up and starts terribly dancing, stripping, whatever. This is- I was actually generally surprised to find out this is a stunt lady, because I just assumed they just got a stripper, because she actually does strip dance pretty well. I mean, not to say a stunt person can't dance either, but- mm-hmm. I, Well, they needed a, st- a stunt lady, because no normal human can handle those high-waisted 80s panties she's wearing. <laughs> she got extra hazard pay just for wearing those panties, because, yeah, they, they just get lost up in her vagina and never found again. Um, but yeah. yeah, she this goes on for a while, and she like actually just like I, I thought it was actually pretty good how she's dancing, but then she actually just flat out just rips her own dress off, throws it yeah. in Dalton's face. Dalton's trying to play it cool, but he's still like and, it, and like I do love the both riff tracks commentaries are like, what what's happening in this scene? Like, <laughs> did the bad guy order her to go up? Is she trying to embarrass everyone else? And like yeah. when she stops dancing, in both commentaries they're like. Yeah, that'll teach you, Dalton. That I'm sure yeah. you're totally embarrassed now that I've danced and naked stupidly in front of you and your whole crew of people. I'm sure you're all feeling really ashamed of yourselves now. Don't you guys feel mm-hmm. like a bunch of used bozos? And it's just yeah. like, yeah, no, it's just she and yep. yeah, he pulls her down off the stage. She tries to kiss him, 
And even <laughs> actually, they do kind of kiss, and the bad guy does get kind of yeah. like, okay, maybe I didn't well, expect it to go that Dalton, far. Dalton, Dalton says, "Keep your pet. If you're gonna have your pet, keep it on a leash." <laughs> that make oh, she doesn't like that. Yeah. And then he calls for his dumb bodyguard Jimmy. Oh, and then Jimmy happens. Yeah, he was playing fucking pool up in the pool table area, and he comes down. He, and he's got a yeah, pool he cue. Did, he did call for Bimmy, but Bimmy wasn't there. <laughs> Bimmy and Jim, that's it. That, maybe that's why I'm thinking Double Dragon. Um, well, you know what? You can, you can tell he's bad because he breaks a bottle in the ground after he's done drinking it. And this is, you know, we, and one of the bodyguards like, Sir, we stopped breaking bottles like this uh, on Tuesday. We forgot to tell you they're not supposed to just smash the bottles into the ground anymore. He goes... He goes to the dance floor and shows off his skills by swinging around a pool stick. And he does it the most kind of pretentious, like, oh, now I'm going to show you my kung fu moves and just whips it around. There's a nice detail that as soon as uh, the fucking uh, hot chick goes out and, uh, and, and starts dancing, uh, Sam Elliott already knows to put his hair up in a bun while that's going, because he knows there's going to be a fight, so he's already getting himself prepared, which I thought was interesting. Mm. But yeah, Billy, he does this fucking little Olympics kung fu routine in front of everybody. And he does, like, a Matrix wave thing where he kind of waves to the bar staff. I was going to correct you and say it's Jimmy, but we can call him Bimmy, Jimmy, or or, or Bimmy or <laughs> from now B- on. B- I was trying Jimbo. to think of I was trying to think of what to call this douchebag, and Bimmy is the right thing Bimmy. to call him, I think. Yeah, Bimmy Dragon. Double Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the bouncers go up, and that big fight breaks out, but no one's punching Brad. He would be the first smug face I laid a fist into. Yeah. And also, why does fucking Dalton let everyone else try to tackle this asshole when it's obvious this guy just wants to take a bite out of Dalton? So instead, he lets, like, the fat guy get beat up multiple times by the by by Bimmy, and it's just a big fucking oh fiasco. My. And then other the, Bill. some other dudes take the uh, opportunity to start throwing, like, chairs at the, fucking, uh, at the fucking bar and just tearing up the whole joint. Bill. Yeah? Did Bimmy just use a pool stick and a fat man to pull Vault onto the stage? <laughs> it does, it's fantastic! And it's actually a pretty good stunt! And almost like it's about to turn into the end of Se- Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze, right? You almost think I need Bim- somebody- Bimmy's gonna go up there and start ninja rapping. I need somebody to recut this scene with the music from Star Wars, uh, the, the episode one. I want to go back and recut this so the blind guy goes. Wait, did that guy just use a pool cue to pool vault over the fucking fat guy? I don't even see, and I know just something weird just happened up on this stage. So they, he wants to fight uh, the uh, Wade. Uh, yeah, for Sam a, Elliott, a while, yeah. and, and but then Dalton jumps in, and Brad shoots a gun in the air to break everything up. And I don't think you can discharge a gun inside a nightclub. That there would probably that would be about a dozen cops outside and the, and at the front doors at that very moment. Yeah, I know the idea is that uh, the bad guy owns the cops, so the cops probably wouldn't really be reactive if uh, the owner of the Double Deuce suddenly came and was all like, "Hey, this guy fired a shot in my uh, bar. Arrest this guy." But still, yeah. and it's also kind of a bummer because Billy Bimmy Double Dragon is able to pretty easily take out Wade. And then he and uh, Dalton are about to start fight, and obviously, like that's the thing you want to see. But then they undo that that tension by yeah with the gunshot, which is I know that's how movies work, but it's a little bit of a bar because you're like you think they could have thrown a punch or two before getting broken up, but yeah. yeah. Brad tells Dalton it isn't working out and leaves with his gang. And then later at Red's house, he's leaving town because this fucking place got blown up. 
And I guess they're a meeting of the local businessmen we've never seen before. Yeah, and I guess this is the movie's, like, one attempt at feigning, like, okay, we're going to set up the end of the movie here by having, like, again, and the entire business-owning community of this town is, like, four guys, four old dudes. Yeah, there's Red, there's a fat guy with a big walrus mustache, and there's two other random dudes. Well, no, there's one other random dude, and then there's the owner of the Double Deuce, who literally is, like, four guys. Yeah. Oh they God. don't want Red to leave, but they also don't want to do anything to stop Brad. He has the sheriff in his pocket. Yeah, okay, yeah. It was the 80s. I guess that's how that worked. And then later, another day, well, the local a local car dealership. Too, the guy oh. with, well, this ties into the next scene. The guy, the walrus guy, the guy with the walrus mustache is all like to Red, like, what are you so worried about? You got insurance, right? And then cut yeah. to the next scene where, yeah, it turns out the guy with the walrus mustache just happens to own the Ford dealership in town. Which is bumping which is, is super busy there everyone I've never seen, is i've never seen more than four people at a car dealership for some reason there, it's not like there's a party or a grand opening or anything happening at this car dealership everyone's just hanging out there and it's not like there's drinks or cake or anything mm. it's just everyone just suddenly decided like hey guys we're gonna have founder's day parade at the ford dealership except there's not gonna be a parade we're all just gonna be standing in the parking lot it's yeah. it's like does this town work on the rules that govern like a like a middle school and there's gonna be a fight and everyone just runs to the <laughs> whatever corner of the play playground that where the yeah. fight's gonna be like like this and town is small enough that like they like, oh my god <laughs> Bigfoot just showed up at the fucking Ford uh, dealership <laughs> some fucking crushed cars might be going down and so everyone just ran out of their houses to see this shit. I guess he didn't pay Brad, which means that they drive the monster truck through his dealership and smash everything as everyone in the town watches and i mean yeah you you got the cops in your corner but there's there's hundreds of witnesses you can only cover up so much this is this is not stealth and like i do love the like because this is obviously this they just had a bunch of people just not even extras i'm sure these are people just showed up this they were like oh they're filming a movie let's and they have a monster truck i wonder what they're gonna do with it like people like smile and laughing and clapping as this guy's dealership is destroyed by this big Bigfoot. and mm-hmm. this is the other thing the bigfoot that you could totally tell too uh the car dealership uh this the the showroom that the bigfoot is smashing through is obviously just a part of the parking lot that they have put like three fake windows around it was like this facade this fake like there's not even a roof on it uh yeah. like where they just pretended like okay this is obviously these are just three fake glass windows we're just gonna have the car drive through but i love like it's obviously not a part of the building it's attached to and so yeah the the the, the bigfoot monster truck just comes like uh sm- smashing through and like even i think even the car models that it's smashing are just like old like 1979 uh year cars because you know obviously yeah. they're not gonna wreck like brand new vehicles or anything like that but yeah, Bigfoot just, like, crushes all these cars. And then Red goes to the guy who owns the car dealership and is like, Oh, I'm sure you got insurance, right? <laughs> yeah, the guy's super sad. And I love everyone in town. It's just, like, uh, half of them are happy and half of them are bummed by seeing this happen. Yeah. And, of course, fat bad guy there, he's just sweating through his polo shirt again. <laughs> oh, my God. And Doc goes and talks to Brad's like, What the fuck is wrong with you? And he's like, you should tell your boyfriend to leave town or else. Mm. Yeah, I which I guess, they, like, what, like, her response should be like, like, I, I, are you threatening to, like, run him over with a Bigfoot car? You know, you could just, like, step out of the way. Like, what's the threat <laughs> here? Like, yeah. yeah. 
And then later, Dalton is punching boards because he's money. I think he got a train to kick some ass. I love that it's a Bigfoot monster truck crushing four cars. That sends. That's the tipping point. That's what sends <laughs> Dalton over the edge into this like downward spiral of self-doubt. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And then Garrett comes and sees him and tells him, leave town and forget about the doctor. Dalton says Garrett can leave anytime he wants. He's got ropes to climb and <laughs> bags to punch. Yeah, he's just doing just generic, like, I got to get my energy out. So I've just got to randomly, like, just do, I, I have to do activities mm-hmm. <laughs> while he's talking to Garrett. And Garrett's just, yeah. yeah. What the fuck's he tells him to stop being such an idiot or maybe he just needs him to kick his ass. And Dalton throws a punch at him, but he catches it because he's just that much of a bad. It's such raw emotion. Yeah, for <laughs> a moment you think Wade and, and Dalton could have it out, but no, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. He says goodbye to Dalton and, and then Dalton kicks at the punching bag and hugs it. He's like, I love you, punching bag. I didn't mean to hurt you so hard. <laughs> You're my only friend now. I drove away my one other friend in the whole universe. Mm-hmm. At yeah. night, while topless, he's visited by Doc, and she wants to leave town, but he doesn't want to, cause, cause, or she wants him to leave, and, but he doesn't want to because Brad picked him and fucked with the wrong guy. That is a great and line. I, You know what? I'm sure it couldn't have been in the trailers because he swears, unless they did some really creative editing. But I do love a hero, like, because like we just saw him going in this in this like little downward spiral of like insecurity, yeah. and I do love the the hero just coming out saying the bad guy fucked with me and he fucked with the wrong man, and that is such yeah. a great '80s action movie just moment. I love that <laughs> shit. Yeah, she yells at him, wondering what who he doing it for for them. He's gonna save them. Well, who's gonna save him? And kerblamzo, things explode outside. She's so angry with Dalton that she accidentally fire starters uh, Norm McDonald's, old McDonald's. Fuck it, uh, fuck up the joke. Farmer McDonald's house. And it's, it, it's, it's actually. Right, you could yes, you give that a second try since there was a crying baby on my end. You can get it to work. Oh, you know, I just take the. Actually, what I need to do, whenever there's crying baby sounds on your end of the podcast, I just need to slow down the footage just so it turns mm. into. Bruh, turns into monster sounds. That, yeah. Actually, that's a pretty technically well done shot where she's yelling at Dalton, and the moment she says, "What are gonna protect them from you?" Like the like because that's obviously like like an actual explosion. I mean, the the farmhouse was built just for the production, but that's like an actual like an actual building being blown up behind her, and like the timing of that is just right. Like, I'm and that's only you're only gonna get that in one shot if you fuck up the one take like that. You fucked it up. That shot's not gonna be in the movie, but they got it mm-hmm. right, so I'm glad they pulled it uh, off. Oh no. It's Emmett's house. What the <laughs> fuck did that old man do to them? So even though Dalton. they're... Well, I guess there's a second explosion which uh, which Emmett's house is truly destroyed. But yeah. bef- I guess the first explosion was just enough to knock Emmett into a pair of like old-timey prospector <laughs> like long johns. Union Jack. Union Jack. Union Jack, yeah, I think that's yeah, the term. Yeah. And of course, because the fucking bad guy lives across the street from everybody, he's just hanging out on his deck, going like, "Oh, wow, well, okay," <laughs> just yeah, watching everything know. happen. Yeah, and money or or no money, I I don't feel like the police should be able to ignore this. No, especially <laughs> since there's two witnesses that fucking double dragon comes out and cackles, watching yeah. the place burn, and then speeds off on his little Suzuki motorbike. But don't worry, because Dalton is able to run and catch him, <laughs> knocking I mean, him off the bike. I guys. guess he does kind of come. Uh, yeah, it does make it. But yeah, he runs and jumps, and 
Yeah, I guess. It's, and then they. Yeah, I, I guess him uh, tackling the dude was the one stunt in the movie that like uh, they wouldn't let Patrick uh, Patrick Swayze do himself. He wanted to do himself, but they're like, no, that's mm. crazy. But yeah, it starts they, starts super fight. They punch, kick, and throw each other around for a while with Captain Denim telling Dalton, "I used to fuck guys like you in prison." Which is the most what the fuck out of the blue line ever. Yeah, and Dalton's actually, it's not. Dalton kind of gets his ass kicked in this fight. It's it's actually yeah, pretty no, impressive. Like, that's kind of how it goes. How it has to go before he makes a comeback. Yeah, I guess it's like and, every fucking wrestling match I've ever seen. In in this fucking in Bimmy pulling a gun off his ankle holster and saying, "I'm gonna kill you the old-fashioned way." Wait, the gun is the old-fashioned way. What were the fists? Yeah, I know. You can, Literally, were they fighting with future way. fists? I love that Jimmy would have uh, won this fight too. He wouldn't even had to have resorted to the gun if he hadn't accidentally kicked the tree that grabbed his leg and let yeah. Dalton fuck like break his leg. And so, but yeah, anyway, but he does have to resort yeah, to the gun. Well, but don't sweat it though, because Dalton just kicks it away. And <laughs> that's and there's no reason because the gun is now no longer an issue. He doesn't have to do what he's about to do, but he does. And it. then and then. Well, then Dalton kicks the gun away and just rips out Bimmy's throat and kicks him in the back for good measure. I love the moment where, like, he pauses for a moment, like, he's considering, like, ripping out the throat, and then he does it. And then he, yeah, and then, yeah, just kicking him in the back so he lands face first in the ice-cold river. And, yeah. And then Doc Doc runs up and checks on him, and, yeah, he's dead. So she runs off, upset that Dalton killed this dude who tried to kill her uncle and the the old man who owns the farm and so many people in town. Dalton's such a jerk. Props to Doc, to being a doctor to the very last, where she's, like, she sees a guy get his throat ripped out and shoved in face first into a river, and her first instinct is, I can save this man. <laughs> Where she yeah. ties in the water, drags him out. It's like trying to do, like, she doesn't do CPR, but I think she, like, takes his pulse, despite the fact that his neck is now just a ragged open wound. <laughs> just yeah. like, love you, Doc. Actually, that alone right there makes me really like Doc, because, yeah, oh my god. But yeah, she's horrified <laughs> at seeing, naturally, she's horrified at seeing what the fuck she just saw. Yeah. But she should have been like, I get it. <laughs> like, but seriously, that was a good idea. You just killed my asshole, evil ex-boyfriend's uh, most powerful bad guy. Like, yeah. that's, that's, so, you, you did an so ultimate good for she, the universe. After she runs off, Dalton takes the <laughs> Bimmy's body and is like, Maggie, fuck you, and pushes his body across the lake. The last shot you see of, of Double Dragon's body just drifting down the river all by itself is fucking mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, and so yeah. Next, the next morning, you realize Dalton's really—he's not kidding about getting out of town because now he's actually got the BMW. Well, he's given up his beater car. Brad contemplates this situation for a moment, wondering if it really was a good idea to wear an ascot after 11 p.m. Is he still wearing the ascot? I didn't even know. Hell yeah, he is. So then <laughs> it's like surgically implanted onto the back of his neck. He can't get rid yeah. of it. Yeah. The yeah. next day, he's gonna get out of town, but he goes to the Double Deuce. Oh, Dalton's wearing his karate outfit, his karate t-shirt again, too. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's Brad, and he says, Wait or Elizabeth, one of them dies. And also, sit. I guess Brad just knew when to call the Double Deuce, knowing exactly when fucking no, Dalton would get there, and no there. one else would be around to answer the phone, because there's literally he no one else in the bar. S- sitting there for an hour, just come on, pick up. Pick up. Pick up. Pick up. Pick up. <laughs> he just have to pick up on his 39th call. Pick up, pick up, pick up. Yeah. Okay, thank God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then um, Dalton says, you're a sick man. And then Brad flips a coin and says, I'm sure I'd like to tell you how to turn down. And hangs up. It, what a perfect plan. 
and then it's a master stroke this guy's a genius Wade comes in looking beat up and Dalton says hey I gotta find Doc you're weak and vulnerable I'll leave you here <laughs> he lost a the fight door's with unlocked beef. yeah and then so Dalton goes and checks on Doc and she's fine she's at the hospital and he's this like is, we're leaving and is... she's like uh no you're and he's like oh that guy's crazy and she's like yeah so are you and he sends him away why he, he he couldn't just call Doc and say, "Hey, get out of there." Yeah. Uh, your your ex boyfriend's lost his fucking mind. I don't think he was even a boyfriend. It's just a guy that was. Or something like there's there's just some kind. They have some kind of yeah something going on. But yeah. like if he had just made the phone call, and rather than driving all the way to the hospital and back, then why did he leave Wade? Like it's like it's. There was not. There wasn't even like a bartender there to like Keith David wasn't even there to look after Wade after leaving. And it's just of course he comes back. Wade, mm-hmm. Wade's in even worse shape. Yep. Uh, yeah. And by that you mean dead with a knife in his chest and a note that says it was tails. Except a, yeah, no. I do love you can see that. I thought Sonic the Hedgehog killed him, but <laughs> it was tails. <laughs> anyway, that, that's timely for when this movie came out too. A.K.A. miles per hour. And I love it. Sam Elliott, you can see that he's like he's got a pulse on his neck and he's breathing a little bit. Sam Elliott, yeah. he's so alive, he can't even pretend to be dead good. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. my God. So, you kill the man's best friends. This can only end well for you. I mean, this so is pretty course, much the end of, of the movie right here, yeah. Of course, Dalton cries and pulls out the murder weapon, putting his fingerprints all over it, like any smart person I would guess do. in a place where he can't depend on the cops, why even worry about it? But yeah, he comes running yeah. out of the place with suddenly the knife in his, in his hand, and he's out for revenge. He gets back into mm-hmm. his BMW and is going to fuck shit up. At Brad's place, they see his car coming and shoot it a bunch. It hits a ramp and flies in the air and explodes but he's not in it what a twist the knife is stabbed into the accelerator which that's pretty great and one of them takes the knife out and puts it in a sheath and says fuck that prick well okay but you, you did kill his friend I, mean, I, I i'm assuming i guess this is the guy who actually even though this guy yeah. has not been one of the premier bad guys he only really shows I, i'm assuming he must have been in some of the other scenes but this is the first time and wait is this the shoe guy Maybe the guy Maybe. with the he this, this, actually that might be the right boot knife guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say because like he he did. It's not like it's this is Buffalo Bill or even the fat guy or even Terry Funk or anything like that. It's just yeah. He was probably more in the three-hour version. In the three-hour version, there was a lot more like where you saw Dalton going around the dude's mansion, tearing like knocking out all the bad guys. Because it's funny because like as soon as they check out the car that is just that's actually a really nice explosion of the bmw when the guy blows it up with a single shotgun blast uh but like so they're all like okay everyone spread out we got to find dalton and literally the next shot is that guy going around a corner and finding one of the guys from the previous shot already dead or knocked out <laughs> so yeah. you've obviously missed something here but yeah i guess and a big part an- of the deleted scenes another was, yeah yeah I mean, yeah it was him knocking out the other guys yeah yeah, and then he finds another guy knocked out, and then he finds a plant that he thought was Dalton, but it wasn't because Dalton's owns right behind him. In, the, in this part of the movie, Dalton has developed the ability to magically teleport where people were just looking at ten seconds earlier, and mm-hmm. yeah, so he just comes out from behind a plant. He kicks the shotgun away, pulls the knife. The guy pulls the knife out, and they fight for a couple seconds before Dalton gets that knife away from him and stabs him in the gut, saying. Tails again. Yeah. It's all done. Dalton just kicks the knife out of his hand. It like flips up into the air for long enough for him to fight a little bit more. And then, yeah, he grabs it out of the air, shoves it into the guy's belly. And, yeah. 
Yep. And then he uses that fool as a human shield to block the nephew. That's terrible, because, yeah, he twists the guy around. Yeah, nephew unloads into the guy's back, and then uh, Dalton throws the knife into asshole nephew Bart ex-bartender's uh, belly. The guy actually does get another shot off at Patrick uh, uh, Stewart. Fucking, I didn't even... At, at Dalton. Swayze. And I guess because Dalton's so angry in this mo part of the movie, he's got magic plot armor, so he's not even phased at, like, a shotgun blast that just tore yeah. apart the guy, his human shield just ten seconds earlier. But yeah, bartender guy is now officially dead, leaving fat guy <laughs> as mm -hmm. the sole line of defense. And, well, and Brad is also walking around in a sweet pleated pants with a gun, because those are working so well for the rest of his group. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then the fat guy goes into... His uh, Brad's trophy room with all the stuffed animals, and then a polar bear falls on him after he makes some Abbott and Costello sounds. He totally does the Dom DeLuise I can't wait. I almost shit myself. I was switching. I can't even do that sound on purpose. And I'm a fat guy. That should become natural. That's like our mating call. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, the guy is actually not dead. He's just knocked out by the giant polar bear, leaving Brad defenseless yeah. to, like, just wander around his trophy room for a while. Looking awfully smug and happy for someone who has zero, literally zero people left in his corner that can help his him. His house is filled with a dozen dead bodies. And he's all mm -hmm. like, <laughs> all I have to do is, like, shoot Dalton and I'll, I, I win. Well, he says, I see you found my trophy room, Dalton. The only thing that's missing is your ass. Your sweet, sweet ass. Yeah, I've been looking. I mean, We've this, all this, been looking. This movie's You've been, been wearing those high-waisted pleated pants this entire movie? Damn, son. You got fuck. I've got to put that shit on my wall and kiss it every day. Mm, it does create ass. a hilarious picture of Patrick Swayze's naked ass just hanging on this guy's fucking <laughs> over his fireplace. But yeah, He polishes it every day with wax. Mm. It, just so gl it gleams like the hidden dagger on that guy's boot. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's 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 confused as to why Dalton's doing all this. Cause because I killed your friend. What? That guy was old. Come on. Yeah. Which Sam Elliott was probably like what 50, forty-five when he did this movie. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, exactly. Goddamn cat, stop. Uh, sorry, I've got a cat keep on scratching on my chair right now. Um. But yeah, yeah, Sam Elliott was like, yeah, he wasn't even like, I don't think he, he was, I think he was like 43 when he made this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So old. I know, exactly. I guess the guy's always, he like, when he was born, he was already 35. He <laughs> like, came out with a beard. He's always been kind of prematurely old, yeah. Yeah, yeah he already Dalton jumps out. Yeah, he came out of his mom's vagina already with, like, the, the handlebar mustache, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dalton jumps out from behind his stumped animal, and, and Brad manages to wing his arm with his gun. But then he gets his gun knocked away, and so he just starts hucking spears at Dalton, as you do. <laughs> and, like, I love how some of the spears are just on wire, so it looks even just dopier. Yeah. Yeah. And even even with his arm damaged, I have a hard time believing that this old wino would get any hits on Dalton. Yeah. That's Let alone several. In the director's commentary, he talks about that's the whole reason why they have uh, Dalton shot in the arm to give a little credence as to why like this guy could be any kind of a threat to Dalton. Even I though it I think it would have been better if Dalton just beat the shit out of him and then was like, "You're not I worth mean, it," to, and turned around to not finish him off, and then he pulled out the gun. Yeah, because at this point in the movie, I mean, I, I I don't think they understood what kind of a cartoon universe they were creating when they were making this film. 
that they could have gotten away with just Dalton just beating this guy mercilessly and could have just ripped his throat out. I don't think anyone in the audience would have complained at all. In fact, yeah. I love that, like, uh, one of the most ridiculous things about this movie is that Patrick Swayze's only real soft spot is that he's too good at killing and is just hung up about having ripped a dude's throat out in Memphis. Uh, I, I get being bummed out over having killed a guy, though ten times of pe many people have already died by Swayze's hand in this film alone. Uh, but yeah. he probably didn't have to kill that guy in Memphis in such a hilarious, over-the-top way. Uh, this is like me being bummed out about having killed someone at Funko Land for na nabbing the last copy of Metroid Prime by exploding him, uh, by shooting him with lasers coming out of my eyes or something. At a certain point, how you brutally killed a random dude is probably, uh, a lesser issue than the fact that you killed someone. I mean, yeah, like... Like, what caused him to throw that guy's throat? I, I also love in the bouncer world that, like, if you're challenged by someone with a gun, the only prescribed way to take that guy out is rather than, like, kicking the gun out of his hand uh, is just to rip his throat out. And speaking of dumb callbacks, as much as it's great to see Dalton rip Jimmy's throat out by the river, it's kind of wasted there since Dalton and his new girlfriend are both so bummed out afterwards about him doing it that you know he's never going to do it again, even to the final boss. And uh, his refraining from uh, the yeah. ripping the final boss, uh, his, his throat out, is the closest thing Dalton even has to a character arc in this movie. Uh, this, of course, aside from the simple fact that Dalton has just killed, like, half, half the people in this town. Why not more, especially since the guy who deserved... Mm -hmm. <laughs> this, of course, aside from the simple fact that Dalton has just killed ten dudes... Why not just one more? Especially the guy who deserves it most and whose death could be, uh, would solve everyone's problems. Um, and yeah, it's so weird that like, I guess the girlfriend doesn't care if Dalton kills as long as it's just not with the throat thing. It's it's the weirdest thing. Uh, aside from the fact that like this movie engages in the dumbest trope of all, where like you're too good for me to kill, and yeah. Mm -hmm. But of course he doesn't do it. I guess. Kick, killing everybody else in the house made him tired and then doc comes in and dalton gets up and of course brad grabs the gun that it's literally laying a foot away from him and you says, think dalton would know it's over kick the gun away from the bad guy before you turn away to go talk to your girlfriend but no yeah, yeah. and also i guess somehow the entire fucking uh, uh better business uh community of the town has managed to sneak into the into the uh, trophy room without anyone else realizing. Yep, because Kerblamzo, Red's there with a gun, and he shot that fool Brad. And then he, Brad stands up, and then, uh, uh, who is it? The, the farmer guy shoots him, I think. And then the car dealership guy shoots him. The and dude gets squibs, as I mentioned. How many shots? And these are like, yeah, Robocop quality squibs that the mm -hmm. bad guy, the final boss, is being taken down by. And he has to get shot four times before he finally goes down like he's yeah, still so, so. he's still smirking at at everyone else before red finally puts the fun oh no it's not it's red a child molester donkey kong guy well yeah he says the owner of the double d says this is boys town and don't you forget did i say boys town boys town our it's town. our this town our, yeah this is our town isn't that also the name of a musical it. or like our town it's a mickey rooney movie yeah exactly, and then he yeah. shoots him and knocks him through a glass table and that and all, finally kills oh, final boss, gosh, Brad Wesley. That shit all over his tacky white leather couch. Yeah. And... and he, <laughs> while the fat guy watches yeah. from underneath the polar bear. 
And oh, God, I didn't red. even mention about how Dalton's hiding up behind a three-foot-tall water buffalo. Mm. And, like, <laughs> this movie doesn't... He, he manages to teleport behind the water buffalo to get it. But anyway, but yeah, it's fucking bad guy's dead. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Um, Red collects all the guns and runs off just as the cops show up. And if you haven't reached this scene as you're watching it yet, they'll watch the sheriff come running in because he has no idea how to run holding a gun. I he mean, looks like an idiot. He's probably one of the producers and wanted to be in the yeah. movie, and so he's just kind of shuffling like 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 an old man in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, you it's want- it's 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 yeah, it's, it's one old sheriff guy who can barely run, and then like two Mexican guys are like like from chips, are yeah. like his. He wants like, to know uh, what happens. He wants to know what happened with the dead dude, and he's, everybody's like, I don't know, I didn't see nothing, you see nothing, I didn't yeah. see nothing, nobody saw nothing. Hey, fat guy, you seen anything? And he says, uh, and a literal shot of some stuffed monkeys doing the see no evil, hear no evil thing. And then he says, the polar bear fell on me. And now it's the bar like is back. almost a freeze frame like laugh, like everyone starts laughing at each other, and it just mm-hmm. d- dissolves away to like, yeah, Jeff Healy and the Jeff Healy band are kicking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I was actually surprised nobody did anything to him. And, uh, but, and, yeah, because you, you think he would be most, yeah. And then um, you know, what? I wonder else. if it was like written in Jeff Healy's contract. He's like, I don't want to get killed in this movie because then people might think I'm dead and might might hurt my record sales mm-hmm. if they think I died. But yeah, after then, after Chief Wiggum, I guess totally ignores all the evidence at the crime scene, suggesting mm-hmm. that the, the, this community leader has been murdered. Yeah, yeah and then. Swayze and the doc swim naked, which is what you do after a murder. You got to get all that murder juice off you. Well, especially Swayze's got water. all these open wounds from the, from running <laughs> from, yeah. from running the gauntlet at the end of the movie. But he just jumps into this dirty river with his girlfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They make out. The bar is doing great. The movie's over. What a dumb piece of shit '80s movie. <laughs> yeah, that's that is Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. One of the fucking most '80s movies you're ever gonna see, and and '80s not in a grungy like 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 indie movie kind of way, like Miami Connection, where it's just like made by one psychopath who I guess got his uncle's inheritance. This is like an actual studio film that came out and was like marketed all over the place, but yeah. it's also just it's just bonkers enough. It's it, it's kind of the best of both worlds, where it's got like big movie production values and like huge explosions and stuff like that but also is kind of idiosyncratic and bonkers enough that it feels like like a smaller independent team could have made it because it made there's the script is just weird enough and there's enough weird creative decisions with some of the bad guys and stuff like that like yeah and and the logic this universe runs on is so fucking goofy um it's yeah it's a hell of a thing and that's actually reading up on imdb on the trivia page uh, that's the one thing I could find out about the genesis of this film was, I guess I don't again I don't know who wrote this but I guess the idea the idea for the plot was, uh, sometime earlier in the 80s some super corrupt politician in some some town somewhere in America was brutally murdered in front of a whole crowd uh, of people, but no one was willing to admit to the police that they had seen anything. And so I guess the screenwriter saw that and like, what's the backstory there? What we could drive a whole bunch of people when a politician guy gets murdered like that in in, in a way that everyone should should know exactly what happened to be able to talk to the cops, but everyone just hushes hushes it up and just like it's just better for everyone that this guy this guy's dead and there's no questions. And so I guess that like they like they decided okay let's make that the end of the movie at the end of the movie and we'll just work backwards from there. 
And so mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of fascinating. But yeah, again, like in terms of like who, who, because yeah, the writing of this movie is more interesting than the, than the directing. But yeah, it's a shame that we've only heard from the director uh, in terms of the making of stuff. But yeah, that's 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 Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a movie. It's a hell of a movie. And I mm-hmm. just, yeah. Oh my God, mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart, you make so many interesting creative decisions. He did this, yep. and then he did a one-man play of a Christmas care. Actually, I, w- I want to see Patrick Swayze's one-man. Actually, I want to see Patrick Swayze playing the captain of the Enterprise. That would be fantastic. But mm-hmm. I guess if there's only one good thing to come out of the fact that... Uh, uh, I almost called him Jimmy Stewart. Patrick Stewart! Oh my god, I'm really going astray here. The one, If there's only one good thing that came out of Patrick Swayze dying young was the fact that like that spared us the inevitable shitty... I know there was a like a directed DVD sequel called uh, Roadhouse Last Call that came out like in 2006. Of course, no one cares because you know that's not. It didn't involve any of the filmmakers, or any of the cast from the from the uh, from the actual film. But like you know, in this day and age where everyone's going back to remake, either remake or do sequels to beloved 80s movies classics, that it probably wouldn't get made. But there would probably be talk about like. Patrick Swayze passing on the torch to the next uh, Dalton son generation or something like that. But no, because mm-hmm. he's dead, this is just going to stand forever alone by itself as, as a weird time capsule of 1989. Yeah. And yeah, that's 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 what Roadhouse is, and it's just bonkers. And yeah, it exists in its own little cartoon universe. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad to have finally caught up with it. It's, it's one of those yeah. movies that actually kind of lived up to the... Uh, it's all the ridiculousness I've heard people talk about this movie, and yeah. you know, and I'm glad to have seen. Actually, it's I'm glad I have not actually not heard it talked up that much. So it was even that's much more more of a surprise. It's not like other action movies were like like I don't know, I'm trying to think of like stuff like Terminator 2 or stuff where like people talk about all the time like it's like some the greatest thing ever. And when you see it, you might go like, oh, okay, that was good, but I don't know if it's worth people like most of the projects we've done. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm sh- I'm like as as soon as we're done recording, I'll probably come up with like I'll think of like at least half a dozen different things that we've talked about, which have been pimped to us as being amazing that we just turned out. You know, even if they weren't bad, it was just like, well, that was okay, but I don't see why people have been jerking off about this. I mean, this is the opposite of Victor Victoria, where like I really yeah. didn't hear that much about Roadhouse, but it actually turned out to be way more fun than I could have imagined, and yeah, so yeah, not mm-hmm. to say this is the best project we've ever done because. I think Victor Victoria is still probably the worst, but this is definitely yeah. good. This is a pleasant surprise. Yeah. So, so next time, speaking of 80s cheese. Oh no! I was, I was, I was reminded of our Commando episode, and I was thinking about how I said uh, I had seen huge swaths of it, but I had never sat and watched it from front to back. Mm-hmm. And I realized there's another movie that I have that with and I also I think I've only seen the TV out of it of the chunks I have seen mm-hmm. but it is ingrained in my mind and such that I feel like I've seen it all but I know I haven't but you're going to be very excited though because next week we're going to be watching Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Running Man oh my god wow I don't think I've ever actually watched the entire thing front to back uncensored yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's totally valid. Uh, well, kind of like we were talking about before, talking about how you can catch stuff piecemeal, and it's a little bit of a different thing when you finally sit down and actually watch something from stem to stern in one sitting, especially if you're yeah. watching, like, the uncensored version for the first time, too. It really is kind of a different experience like, than just catching a I, bunch of TV edits 
Yeah, I yeah. know the movie, but I, I I know I haven't seen the beginning. I, I'm, I'm certain of that. Yeah, Yafikoto. You got What's-Her-Face. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, The Running Man. Just oh, yeah. Speaking of wrestlers having a dramatic role in a film. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Okay, The Running Man. This is a good double feature. I like how... And none of these things... Neither of these things would really be a good fit for Awful April. No. We'll have to, like, January from now on will have to be known as Just Okay January. <laughs> Where it's like, actually, yeah, I was actually surprised it pretty good. <laughs> you know, maybe not the best thing ever, but hey, you know, what are you going to do? Okay, we yeah. should wrap this up because we've been talking for almost two and a half hours now. I did not mean <laughs> to talk that much, and actually, I had to skip over some notes just to get it under this uh, time yeah. limit. So, oh my gosh, so thank he, you, Daniel. You got yeah. the patience of an angel for putting up oh, with me for two and a half hours about this shit. It's, it's fine. He's muttering on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter, Toddy Podcast on Twitter. Hey, I know nobody's going to join it, but I did make a Discord server. I'll pin that on our, our Twitter. If I don't you know. Join our Discord server. And Is chat that chat? Because I only know Discord as yes. a, a as like an audio. Okay. Yeah, it's in between chat on our. I was I'm afraid. Sure I haven't used it. I I'm okay. the only member. I'm the only person on our group because I haven't said it it to anything anywhere. But I'll 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 pin the link on our tweet. Interesting. Okay. I thought I was afraid Discord Facebook. like being in a Discord group was like like operating CB radio where everyone's actually talking to each other like this. And like no, I'll do that there's... for a podcast, but doing it with strangers, I'd be like, who's who's this? No. So yeah, we'll, we'll figure out. If we don't like it, we'll kill it. Or yeah. we'll just never use it like our Facebook. Yeah, just abandon it. Facebook! Yeah. Go to Facebook! RetardedPartyPodcast.com RetardedParty at gmail.com Tardy Podcast. Tardy Podcast. Tardy Podcast. I never check the email. Yeah. What's Anyhow, our Twitter? Yeah. It's Tardy yeah. Podcast? Yeah. yeah. Twitter. Tardy Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Although yeah. I'm assuming yeah. if you're listening to this, you probably already, like, it's because we have a Twitter account. I'm assuming that's driving yeah. half of our, most of our listens, but... Oh my god, Anyhow, we've been talking was... for almost an hour longer than this movie actually is. We could have mm-hmm. we could have just done a, like a straight up podcast commentary and then spent an extra half hour afterwards just talking about yeah, my favorite yeah. part is, is when the fat guy falls down. My my other favorite part was when the other fat guy falls down. Yeah. Yeah, so that was Roadhouse and until next time keep on those holes are pump culture and remember, pain don't hurt. A polar bear fell on me. Goodbye. This part where we all laugh and it just free- cuts to freeze frame. Ugh. Oh. Okay. I think it's kind of uh, hot to be wearing these scarves in oh, here. Yeah. Well, the scarves are must. You can't go caroling without a scarf. Catch your death. Man, you were like one of those kids I remember in uh, high school that used to sell the most candy bars for the marching band. <laughs> yeah, and you'd yeah. be president of the swing choir, too. <laughs> uh, thanks, Joe Robinson. Thanks, Tom Servo. <laughs> we're going to kiss up this guy. Uh, okay, now, if you'll all look at your sheet music, uh, we can rehearse my new song. You wrote a Christmas song? Hey, there's no tradition like a new tradition. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's have a Patrick Swayze Christmas? Uh, yeah, yeah. Based on my favorite movie, Roadhouse. Come on, what the heck does Patrick Swayze have to do with Christmas? Hey, you keep Christmas in your way and let me keep it in mine, okay? Oh, uh, come on, Sir. It seems like a nice enough sentiment. We can give it a shot. Come All on. All right, okay, okay. 12-8 uh, time, uh, uh-huh. key of A flat major. Oh, uh, Cambot, shoot him the tune. Uh, okay, you'll just have to stay with me, everybody, okay? Uh, your parts are written out. Let's have a Patrick Swayze Christmas. By Crow T. Robot. <clears throat> Paul, let's have a Patrick Swayze, Swayze Christmas. Christmas. Right. <clears throat> Hit it, Cambot. Oh, oh, I start. I yeah, get it. I'm sorry. Okay. Pick it up. 
Open up your heart and let the Patrick Swayze Christmas in. We'll gather at the roadhouse with our next of kin. And Santa can be our regular Saturday night thing. We'll decorate a bar stool and gather round and sing. Let's have a Patrick Swayze Christmas this year. Or we'll tear your throat out and kick oh, you oh, in the ear. Hold it, hold it, can't mm -hmm. stop it. Crow, I don't know if I think this is an appropriate sentiment anymore for Christmas. Hey, what, like a good action sequence don't belong at Christmas? Well, no, it's just that I've never heard of an action sequence in A Christmas Carol before. Yeah. Well, then grab hold of your socks and read on, Joe Robinson. Okay, okay. pick it up from measure 20, Kemba. <clears throat> Lovely intro, though. Very tasteful. Thank you. I like that. It's my way or the highway this Christmas at my bar. I'll have to smash your kneecaps if you bastards touch my car. I got the word that Santa has been stealing from the till. I think that that right jolly old elf better make out his will. Oh, let's have a Patrick Swayze Christmas one and all. And this can be the haziest. Can be the laziest. <laughs> this can be the swayziest Christmas of them all. How long before it becomes a standard? I think you got to come with me. Come on. Ah!